0: every number
1: one to the every number one the number one to the every number one the number one to the
0: Hello, I'm Ben. Hello, I am Tom. And you're listening to Sunglasses at Night podcast. The year is 2007. It sure is. This is the podcast where we put on our time, Ray-Bans, and travel back
2: to a year in the past and have a look at it, musically speaking, via the lens of the ARIA charts, the Australian Recording Industry Association charts, and the number ones contained therein for the year, as you say, 2007.
0: Absolutely. Now, big year 2007. Mm. Um, oh yes, they all are. There's no years where no events happen, <laughs> I assume. So, some, some big yeah, step, exactly. Probably. So, what what was the big thing of this year, Tom? Just paint a picture for people.
2: Um, well, the iPhone was launched. Mm. Uh, 150 million dollars in development money on a concept that some might say already existed. Uh, some also might say had major problems and cost 1100 bucks in today's money Yeah, but it did come in a sexy box and sold a million units in three months uh, similarly the first Tesla Roadster was shown at motor shows this year not an original idea either sexy box taking hundreds of orders before going into production next year a model that Tesla continues to follow to this day Yep. I think, you know, people were... you were allowed to buy that Cybertruck the day after it came out <laughs> online. Like, you could go on their website, gash out for it. They haven't even started fucking making those yet. I, it doesn't um, even exist. I bought. This is an exciting new business model,
0: Ben, and I'm yep. interested to see where it goes. Absolutely. Some I'm, might call it a Ponzi scheme, but yeah, some yeah. might not, you know? I bought my son one of those Cybertruck uh, Hot Wheels made a Cybertruck <laughs> or something <laughs> on one of the cars, and I bought that, and he's like, is this a real car? And I said, ah... Uh, Yes, but also <laughs> they don't make it yet. And he's like, "Can we get one?" I was like, "Look, I tell you what, we've got 20 years to save up, probably." Well, um, you are a brave expensive. man,
2: Ben, because you've got hardwood floors, and I've seen what uh, Archer does with toy cars. Yeah, and the thought of treading on a Cyber Truck in the oh, middle of the night—absolutely, like, that thing's like one of those things that ninjas
0: drop behind them to yep. deter people chasing after them. When they remake um, <laughs> Home no Alone, there's no bit that's
2: not pointy on the. Home. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: It's <laughs> exactly. When they remake Home Alone, it'll just be Cyber. Trucks everywhere, and be like, oh, "That's Kevin." Right. But yeah, the, the iPhone—it's interesting, people So that's 15 years ago. So the iPhone debuted 15 years ago, and it seems sort of um, people might not understand young people, but um, there was a period of time where all you could do on a phone was call someone and send a text message. And this that was is true. The the total functionality yes. of that. This so, is true.
2: Although, as with the iPod, yep. The- this is Smartphones an idea, yep. existed yep. Pr- prior to the iPhone.
0: They were just shitter. Yeah. Um, I guess so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, it's functionality, though. I think I think when it comes down to it, though, sort of um, some of those early MP3 players were real clunky to use and difficult. Yes, that's so just true. The interface, yeah. and it was the same, I guess, with the iPhone. Like, did it do anything new? Uh, not really. It's got a camera in it. You can, mm. you know, go on the internet. Cool, but I guess the um, you know the little apps that you clicked on and they made it look all nice with that <laughs> iOS shit. So that's true. Yeah, but it's sort of um, fortunate timing as well because we talked like two years ago that Facebook had just launched wasn't it a couple of episodes ago we talked about yeah, that so yeah. if it wasn't for the smartphone takeoff you know things like facebook and instagram wouldn't have taken oh, off oh true social media yeah without yeah you used to have to check your facebook you had to sit down at like a you know a pc <laughs> and log in and see what and then go oh, this is no one's done anything good and but now mm. you can check it people check it all day i guess that's so. true but yeah, interesting. What else? What else um, happened this year?
2: Uh, like not, you'd say, not too not much. Not too much, yeah. A whole bunch of Americans got slaughtered by a whole bunch of other Americans with automatic weapons. Oh, yep. Back then, this was odd enough that some of it was even on the news, oh, if you can it? imagine. Yeah, For okay. instance, the Virginia Tech massacre was this year, which now seems like a mere footnote in an average week. <laughs> did, <laughs> I don't you know even... that, did you know that 2020... Was the, first, was, was the first March. March of 2020 was the first March in America with no gun massacres since,
0: I think it was 2003. Oh, good. Because That's everyone good. was at home. Yeah, everyone was, yeah. Lockdowns do work, Tom. They keep the death count That's down. Right. Um, not just for people <laughs> getting and dying of coronavirus, but also mass shootings, so it's
2: good. Um, the Swiss New Seven Wonders Foundation held a poll and announced the New Seven Wonders of the Modern World. Oh! Do you know what they are being out of interest? Just in case, uh, the Ancient Ones, uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza, yep. Colossus of Rhodes, Hanging Gardens of Babylon, Lighthouse of Alexandria, Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, Statue of Zeus, and Temple of Artemis. You might notice uh, that of those, only two actually are still in existence. <laughs> what, what's the other one, well, apart actually, from the pyramids? No, I'm sorry, one of them is still in existence. The rest of them may or may not have even existed. Like, the, the pro-
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, sort of,
0: it's it's one of those things where when things happen um, before the internet, so before 1995, mm. you're not sure whether it's real or not. <laughs> so JFK dying, Jesus, all that shit, no one knows. So, yeah, what are the new ones? Um, well, according to them, yep. the new ones
2: were, and, yeah, sorry... Uh, they. this was from a readers poll okay Of the, well not a readers poll a giant poll you know a public poll uh, they got came up with the Great Wall of China yeah. Petra oh, yeah, that's uh, cool. Christ the Redeemer oh. uh, in Brazil yep. Machu Picchu yep. uh, Chichan Itza which is another um, Mexican uh, temple yep. Aztec temple uh, the Colosseum in Rome the Taj Mahal and honorary candidates, the pyramids again. Oh, there you go. Now, the definition of modern must be pretty flexible because the newest thing on the list is 91 years old Yeah. and Petra was built 100 years before the G man was even born. That's crazy. Um, yeah, as for the pyramids, even older than that. <laughs> so um, what would you have nominated?
0: Oh, well, Crown Casino number one Crown obviously Casino. goes up there. Um, so, look, I think... Well, you're saying they've gone pretty old in their modern. So I think I might yes, go I don't really... a little bit more modern. Um, yeah, I
2: think we could go better than
0: 91 years. Probably ago. that playground at the Bluff in Devonport. I think that is, was pretty pretty, good. pretty up there. Um, certainly. <laughs> um, God, you put me on the spot, you Tom. Just <laughs> Sorry, off, I should off have the given top of my head, should have given me a little bit of warning. I would um, suggest the electric motor at minimum, maybe silicon circuitry, perhaps. <laughs> refrigeration, maybe. But they're 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 going for buildings, aren't they? They're not. They've they've kept it or structures. Oh. They haven't kept it. Well, so. it says wonders. I mean, yeah. wonders. I guess that's a pretty
2: broad definition. What about a childlike sense of wonder? <laughs> well, I would put Christina
0: Applegate there as well. Yeah, and maybe donuts. Yeah, too. But you look, know, what do I know? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But look. Um, I can't, I'm not going to be mad at that. They've done, There's some good choices I mean, in there. Christ
2: the Redeemer in Brazil, that's pretty good. But you can't dip him in hot oil and
0: cover him with sugar. No, that's and true. And eat him at lunchtime. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. So look, um, I don't know. Some good choices.
2: Uh, movie of the year. Yep. Uh, the big movies this year, well, top. Top ten. Uh, number one, Spider-Man 3. Mm. Number two, Shrek 3. Jeez, I love the number three Transformers. Number four, Pirates of the Caribbean three. Oh, jeez. Number five, Harry Potter five. Number six, Jason Bourne three. Oh, good. Um, Off the top ten movies this year, five of them are sequels. One is a novelisation that's already been filmed previously. Yep. One is a comic book. One is a range of toys, and one is a cartoon sitcom. Okay. The only original film in the top ten this year was an animated kids movie about a talking rat that yearns to work in hospitality, ben. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this sort of shit is why Hollywood needs Chris Rock getting bitch slapped to liven it up a bit. Yeah, thing. I
0: think you're right. You know,
2: seriously, I was going to do best movie song of the year, and I shit you not, Ben, the only song that I, and I'm willing to bet anyone, remembers from any of the top five films this this year, five, yep. 15 years later, is Homer's Spider Pig song from the Simpsons movie. <laughs> that was Jesus looking this okay. Um can you name can you name a single song from any of this?
0: No, um, and here's the problem I think look, number nine is I Am Legend, which is <laughs> Will Smith. Um, film that we all know and love, inaccurately named, and I think um, what we suggested with the Legend of Bagavance was that that <laughs> wouldn't have been a flop had it have had a song. No, exactly. And I think much the same with this. If I am Legend had have had a Will Smith rap mm. in the film. It probably would have been number one, <laughs> number one of the year, I'd say, but it was missing that rap. Hey,
2: so. I mean, at least I remember "Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West" from "Wild yeah,
0: Wild West." That's you, it, know? But, you know, so that's okay. I've worked, I've worked on one Tom, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll insert it into the episode here, and then we can let people listening at home <laughs> decide whether that would have projected this from a number nine film up to a number one. I am legend. I am immune. Gotta find a cure so that I can get some poon. I am legend. I am alone. Gotta find a cure so I got some on the bone. I am legend. I'm not sick. Gotta find a cure so that I can use my dick. I am legend. I am alone. Yeah. Gotta find a cure so that I got some on the bone. Bone. I am legend. Yeah, I am legend. I am legend. Come on. I am legend, I am alone Gotta find a cure so I got some other bone I am legend, I am immune Gotta find a cure so that I can get some poon. I am legend, I'm not sick Gotta find a cure so that I can do my dick I am legend, I'm the last man Gotta find a cure so that I can see some cans c c cans Yeah, gotta see the cans So, people love Sequels and they love the part threes a little bit too they much. Do. I didn't realize so um, it was
2: getting really bad. I remember a few articles around this era of people going, What the fuck is going on with this thing? and this was kind of pre the huge, it was at the start of the big Marvel thing, you yep. know, so things haven't really improved. But even then, at least something like you know, Parasite can win an Oscar or whatever and be up there. Yep. Whereas, I mean, this, this is a dire list of shit. Like, yeah, seriously. I don't, I don't think
0: I've seen. I it's haven't appalling. seen Spider Man 3. I haven't seen Sh- Shrek 3. <laughs> I've se- I I've. did see Transformers um, on a plane. Terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean. The um, World's End, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Hang laughing the at five. the Simpsons movie with my brother, but it was just like a two she hour has- long Simpsons episode, yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen I've seen three hundred Ratatouille, I am Legend, and The Simpsons movie. So I have seen four of those. Four I am Legend starts out quite promisingly, and then it just drives off a cliff in a sponsored
2: car of whatever brand was paying to have Will Smith drive around in it. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, it, it wasn't great at the end. <laughs> One last thing, on a personal note. Yep. Uh, Last week, uh, if you remember, I was trying to make a joke about bribing someone using a $100 bill. Mm. And I said, oh, what does Mr. Mawson have to say about this, like, you know, suggesting. Then uh, I woke up at 3am two days later feeling stupid because I couldn't remember if it was actually Mawson on the 100 Not anymore. This is the kind of thing that goes through your mind when you don't have children or, you know. (laughs) Uh, So I checked, and it was, so I felt validated for about one and a half seconds before realising that this was on the old blue paper note, which was replaced by the green polymer one with Nellie Melba on it in 1996. Yep. So... So, only 26 years ago, Ben. Yeah. Uh, If any young people want a preview of what middle age feels like, uh, it feels pretty much exactly like you feel now, except everything hurts a bit, you eat prescription drugs like Pac-Man, and shit like this happens to you on a more or less weekly basis yeah if
0: you be. oh look to be, you know I think to be fair though you know Mawson will always be on the $100 <laughs> note for me so you know I, well the two I, I think of you know yeah exactly right I don't think of the Queen on the $5 note I think of <laughs> the Queen who was on the previous $5 note <laughs> that's the Queen I think of so it all makes sense. I think if people try to fold the queen
2: in half, because supposedly you could make it look like a pair of tits or something. Oh uh, On the
0: way here, Tom, I saw a guy um, with a, a on the back of his uh, calf a tattoo on the back of his calf. It was a skeleton, a female skeleton, but she still had massive jugs. <laughs> so, which sort of like made out of bones? No, no, just actually. So she was full skeleton, but still had and a skeleton face skeleton face skeleton rib cage you could see skeleton legs full skeleton but still had the can so that's the sort of creative license i like to see tattoo artists taking i think mm. so just you know give me what you got and it's like you know i'd like a skeleton, skeleton. Some put some tits on there why not so um shout out to that guy if you're listening i love that so cool songs under the songs oh please yes all right awesome so first week of 2007 is Beyonce irreplaceable for three more weeks? Ooh. We talked about that last week. Huge hit, that song. Huge hit, that one. So we loved that um, more than most of the other songs last week because there are a lot of shit ones. I can't even remember if, if I liked that one. I remember thinking, "That's the, that's the um, the is that the thugged out ballad?" There was that was some the, country the, the, the thugged style thugged out ballad. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's not one of her best, but it was uh, a massive hit. It yep. was like the it was the record for. Oh yeah in America So time. number one number For like, one, like a million yeah, weeks it was, yep. it was huge in America Definitely so weirdly, the weirdly bigger than A lot of her better Definitely ones, but yeah. Put a ring on it Etc yeah. yeah, It's didn't not a terrible song
0: week. But it's not particular. It's not one of her no, best No not one of her best So first uh, New song of the week Ah yes uh, This is for one week This is Evermore Light Surrounding You Now mm. So we've started the year off With some serious weak shit Is that how you describe <laughs> this? Well, I would have, and then I
2: got through a lot of the other songs this year, and by that, this sounds like a fucking stadium-filling arena yeah. rock power ballad.
0: Oh, absolutely. But um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's not. It's, it's sort of
0: like sort of C-tier,
2: you know. it's. I mean, it's too new to be real dad rock, but it sounds like it wants yeah, to be dad rock. exactly.
0: Look, these guys are from New Zealand, and I've said... Well, they're from New Zealand, and then they relocated to Melbourne, so, mm. and I've always thought, is there anything more Australian than being from New Zealand? <laughs> I think that's, it's about as Australian it's, as you can get It is being from New Zealand, because if you're born in Australia, you, you haven't chosen Australia, you're just here. But if you're from New Zealand, <laughs> you've actively come to Australia, yep. you've chosen Australia, we, you know, we've embraced that, you've selected that. So in many ways, New Zealanders are more Australian than Australians, I think. Mm. So that's a theory I've been well, throwing, I mean, fly, floating for a few years. I'm not sure whether it holds water or not, but...
2: But look, we're happy to claim them, usually. Yeah, we are. The Kiwis punch above their weight in music terms, generally speaking, like for a country with, a, you know, Australia's population isn't very big, but New Zealand's is even smaller. Oh, exactly. But that doesn't mean that they can't produce ever more as well. Yeah, that's true. no Dave Dobbin, I'll tell you that. No, absolutely. Look, fortunately... Oh, fact, perhaps, sorry, to yep. their credit, I will say, this only got to 15 on the New Zealand chart. Yeah. so even New Zealand wasn't that big they went we don't we don't want anything to do <laughs> you, with this you this keep it like a Mel Gibson situation though like you, you can have this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: exactly so look the Evermore story um, they as I said they moved to to Australia they haven't yep. released an album in 10 years um, thank fuck for that because this is pretty shit um, they had a few more top 10 songs in Australia I didn't bother checking them out as I've just arisen from the coma I was put <laughs> in from light surrounding you
2: yeah it's a lot like it's like a sort of if you don't remember it, it's kind of a lot like a sort of off-brand Coldplay. Yeah. Except he doesn't have Chris Martin's voice, and without that, frankly, you're not left with much. No, really. as, I like just like as the video suggests a bunch of identically dressed white dudes in the middle of nowhere singing about lights for no obvious reason. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just this really barren video which really doesn't, you know, it really just serves to draw parallels with the music, to be honest.
0: Yeah, look, these guys supported Maroon 5 on the Australian mm, leg of their pro- worldwide right. uh, Overexposed tour, and that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about this band and yeah. this song, I think.
2: Yeah, if Maroon 5 were a
0: wobbly cafe table, I wouldn't support them with a watered-up napkin bit. Uh, absolutely not. I've got no time for them. I wouldn't want to support them. These guys have said, "Yeah, we'll jump onto that." Then um, it just shows the type of band they are—boring <laughs> piece of shit band. So, the three members of Evermore are brothers. Oh, did okay. you know that? I did not. No, no, no. Nor did I. We um, talked
2: a lot about brother bands.
0: Well, here, that's so it. So uh, the uh, these. Are, so Evermore, are obviously, for my mind, the worst musical brothers. <laughs> you know, maybe the Jonas Brothers are probably. Mm. equally shit i think even the jonas brothers have some songs that <laughs> you know if they're on in a supermarket i wouldn't be mad at them but this is terrible so if they're, they're the worst who are the best for you um yeah oh you're right i was gonna say for me um it's either eddie or an alex van halen oh that's or, or bros bros yeah so, i don't know
2: <laughs> two of them were bros <laughs>
0: uh I would vote for
2: the Thompson twins except they're not twins or indeed brothers. Ah. Um I'll have to go for Dimebag Bag Daryl and Vinnie Paul. Oh, that's voting. a good
0: one. Yeah. Or out
2: of Blacktooth grin for those dudes, you know. If there was any justice we would have had eight of their songs on here already, but mm. sadly they never hit number one. They had number one album in America, but they never made it uh over here yep. on that level. Well that's a shame. So yeah, that's that's a good one, definitely. Um... I forget their brothers sometimes because they don't look very similar and they have have uh, different surname <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm sure there's some South America, uh, Southern American explanation for that.
0: I don't know if Dimebags is real name though. Um.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, he's it's Daryl something, but his surname is not. It's not Daryl Paul.
0: No, but Vinnie Paul's last night. They're both Abbott. They're both... Oh, are yeah, they? Oh, yeah, okay. Daryl so, Abbott and Vinnie Paul Abbott, I believe. Oh, uh, so, okay. Yeah. I thought Paul was a surname. In no, go. no, they've just gone for crazy nom <laughs> de plumes that sort of, uh, you know... They love a weird name in yeah. some parts of the what, what do you think about, so, when you've got a band and a couple of the guys go for the, the nom de plume and then a couple of guys just go for their regular name? <laughs> how do you feel about that? Like, what you know, you've got Necro Butcher on the bass... <laughs> And Is then it, the drummer's just like Steve. It's mm-hmm. like Do you have to be all in or It's like that wolf mother thing.
2: It, it suggests that maybe you're not gonna be you're gonna be replaced for the next album to be. <laughs> yeah, I think so, definitely.
0: <laughs> for me if you're not all in yeah, if you're not all wearing the same costume sort of thing, mm-hmm. or if you're not all gone the, the the stage name, then you're easily replaced, I think. Yeah, so yeah. A thing that gave us a lot of hope when uh Limp Bizkit Biscuit were very big
2: was that all of the band members seemed to be in different fucking bands. Yeah. Which, which made it seem like they might disband quite quickly, which was something <laughs> we all had enough. our fingers crossed
1: for. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. That was, was. Wes Bullen was definitely in a different band, and um, yeah. fucking, what's his face, red baseball cap guy? He seemed to think he was a rapper of some sort, which was
0: yeah, that hilarious. that was weird. How. Wes Borland would just wear crazy outfits (laughs) and weird face makeup and be dressed up as something bizarre. It's just like, does he know what he, does he know he's in a terrible rap band or something? So, alas, anyway. So, 250,000 listeners on Spotify. So, not very many. Someone Um, likes them. Yeah, not many people though, which is good. Um, $4 for this. That's surprising. Wow. I think that's one of the most, so they probably didn't make too many of this. No, scene they can't I'm have guessing that wouldn't have planned. I wouldn't have thought this was going to be huge. $4 is probably how much it cost at the time, so this has um, held its value quite well <laughs> compared to most other things on them. Yeah, that's probably what it cost at the time. Could have, yeah. So what about the
2: lyrics? There must be some stellar lyrics oh, with this. Sure. Um it was all written by one guy uh, Dan with two N's Hume Okay And featuring real instruments Played by real musicians Yep so, I'll know, give him that yep. Yeah The verses aren't bad uh, The verses aren't bad Lyrically They seem to be about reconnected With an old flame Which is a bit odd Seeing as The Coldplay style Power type choruses Because I see the light Surrounding you So don't be afraid Of something new Because I see the light Surrounding you So don't be afraid Of what you're turning into uh-huh. Now unless I've badly Misread the situation. Then this sounds, at best, like someone trying to get back in the pants of somebody that he dumped by convincing her that everything will be different this time. Uh huh. Yeah. And at worst, like someone who's been secretly experimenting on the woman he keeps chained up in the basement, possibly with some sort of radium-based phosphate that causes her to glow in the dark and grow flippers on her tits. Or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm hoping it's the former, and he's just, you know trying his luck is she going through some sort of metamorphosis or is that sort of turning into something new is that is, should yeah. we, she be taken out literally well or? the fact that he's telling you not to be afraid of it suggests that she probably
2: should be afraid of it
0: yeah that's I say why so. she's chained up in the first place yeah. but, you know. look um, great lyrics and a great, great song <laughs> Anything else to say about this one? No, nah. no. Cool. All right, Let's move on. on to something with its balls. So yeah, absolutely. With for sure. <laughs> Less of that fucking weak shit. Up next is Hinder, "Lips of an Angel" for seven weeks. Fucking hell, Australia. Grunge ain't dead, baby. Now look, some <laughs> say grunge died along with Kurt Cobain back in '94, but here we are, 13 years later, and if anything, it's better than ever. What do you say? <laughs> Yeah. For my mind,
2: it is. I mean, look, this song got me so amped that I went out and bought a fourth pair of Oakley wraparounds. Yeah, Obviously, is. I've already got one pair for my eyes, one pair for the top of my baseball cap, and one pair for the Humvee dashboard. But after eight bars of this song, I knew I needed a new pair for the back of my neck. Yeah, oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Is that neck bread bin? Yes, it is. But less from ideology and more because, at a fundamental level, I suspect that sunscreen is for homosexuals.
0: Yeah, look, for sure. Look, I think that goes without saying, Tom. Um,
2: when I'm and- out on the jet ski, I just. If I'm worried I'm getting sun suntanned, yep. I'll just
0: slap another pair of Oakleys on that area. Yeah, I think that's what you should do, because if Pete Evans has taught me anything, it's the sunscreen's dangerous, Time, so mm. certainly I'd just get the, mm. the Oakleys on there. So, look, it's good to see some fucking hard-ass-fuck rock and roll back <laughs> after that ever more weak shit to start the year off. Um, does this, Is this post, post-grunge? Because <sighs> I think grunges is early 90s. Post-grunge is somewhere in the late 90s, where sort of, you know, like or um, even earlier
2: really. Yeah, but it's a yeah. no pilot, some people would say. I I would have thought we were sort of even that it was almost dead like. Yeah. Like even the post-post grunge, but this is more like post-post Nickelback. But yeah, mm. I know what you mean.
0: You know With Nickelback it and it post-grunge. It owes
2: something to grunge. Yeah. I went to
0: um I went to I when I was living in the UK around this, probably around 2008 I think it was, time, I went to see a um a band and the support band were definitely post post grunge (laughs) the guy was up there looked like dressed almost as if he was Kurt Cobain and then um, when he'd finished the gig he jumped off the stage and like push past someone and then like do this dramatic entrance and like sort of exit from the thing and then like slam the door and it sort of instead of it shutting it just sort of swung back and he was just sort of sitting in the stairwell like really (laughs) solemn and sort of trying to do this massive like i'm out of here bitches see you later rock and roll ain't dead and then he's just sitting on the stair but with his back to the audience everyone's sort of looking at him and he's just sitting there so that was the, one of the most rock and roll movies we've ever seen, so it was cool. I think he was crying as well, so it was definitely some hard shit going on. So, look, Hinder, though, dudes with shark tooth necklaces, suit vests, and scarves are stoked yeah, on this. Yeah, so, Look, that's a confusing wardrobe choice, I think, pulling from many sort of disparate styles, I think. Like, you've got the shark tooth mm. necklace like you're down on the beach. Yep. You've got that sort of suit vest and a scarf like you're sort of Scott Whelan from the State right. Pirates. Not really yep. sure what's going on. Uh, pretty confused. As I said, pulls from a lot of different styles are uh, the same of which cannot be said for this song, which sort of pulls exclusively from 1992 Seattle, filtered through n- Nickelback and then dialed up, you know, the Eddie Vedder vocals about a hundred yeah. times, so. God.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like a fucking, like, people paid out Stone Temple Pilots at the time. Yeah. They, they were like the first of like the... Maybe even post grunge bands, although, I mean, they were out at the same time, but yeah. people used to pay them out for being like a douchier version of grunge, you know, and slightly, they like one
0: from Seattle.
2: Yes, a slightly frattier, and it didn't help that their first music video was, unfortunately, made it look like a bit of a Nirvana ripoff, but yeah. little did they know what was to come. I yeah, mean, exactly. If you played this shit to Bush, they'd look at you like John Lydon after Avril Levine skateboarded over his foot. I mean, <laughs> this is, like, I don't even, that's what I mean. I, I know what you I mean, I think you're right that this is post 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 grunge, but I don't even I you know, I ha- I have just enough remaining respect for
0: grunge to not even really want to associate it with shit. Yeah, I know, yeah, you're right. But I mean, I but mean, it is, obviously. It's saying yeah, saying post grunge is probably unfair to, to grunge and to this song as well by Philia. It's just it's just rock. It's just Yeah main, it's it's mainstream rock and roll.
2: Yeah, even. or or it's like it's like dad rock with the awareness that it's been 15 years since Nevermind, and so some of the college frat boys who were listening to Nevermind are now dads, yep. so they still want a bit of grunge in their dad rock. You know, they need. Oh, So it's like exactly. a new generation of dad rock that's, you know, yeah, it's definitely. just
0: like grunge-flavoured fucking... Yeah. As for the song itself, though, do, would it have they been um, as big of a hit, you think, if it had been titled Tits of an Angel? <laughs> She's got the tits of an angel. (laughs) Or even clit of an angel.
2: Mm, More imaginative. Or
0: dick of an angel. Um, A song about Thai ladyboys that may or may not have been involved in the death of Shane Warren. So I don't know whether any of those titles, maybe that, that was probably the original title. Tits of an Angel, and the record company said, look, we've got a hit on our hands here, we've just got to change Ooh. it to Lips of an Angel, and they went, okay, let's do that. And so The follow-up single to this um, was titled Get Stoned, and I don't know if you've listened oh, to that, God, yes, but I fucking that. Um, it's oh. so- It sounds like a song that was written for recently divorced Stone Table Pilot fans who wanted to still rock out to new music while cruising for chicks a decade younger than them in a KFC car park. Yes, it sort of has that definitely. vibe to it. And um, you know, I think the scars back, the vest back. Yeah. I'm <laughs> gonna get <laughs> That's, right. Just, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: You know what? It's not de- this isn't dad rock. It's divorced dad rock. Yeah, that's what it is. It is, is it's divorced. Like, it's, it's, oh, I'm going back to my college self. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like, it's
0: definitely third wife dad rock. I think <laughs> so. Um, oh, and the video for that. Holy. Yeah, Christ. that was yeah. the video for this. Oh. Isn't great, but the video for oh, that yeah, is yeah, get started. Yeah, so. The decision to release this was made um, during the the quote, Tom, the girl's gone wild trek when Hinder drummer Cody Hansen received a phone call from Universal, a senior A&R guy. This is how the story goes. The executive asked Hansen to look out in the crowd and see what fans particularly liked so they could get some feedback about what the next single should be. So that's not a bad idea. The drummer's there, he's drumming along, he looks out in the crowd. They're playing their songs. He's trying to get feedback on what the crowd reacts to, so that could be the next single. Mm -hmm. So this is what he had to say. Everyone and their mother are shitting their pants about lips of an angel. It's biker dudes in leather and 18-year-old girls. They're all going nuts for it. Now, there's a lot about that story that's simply untrue, Tom. (laughs) No biker dudes in leather Were going to Hinder shows That just did not happen Um, Look Can you honestly see Hell's Angels With face tattoos And skullets Hitting up a Hinder show Just going She's going to Lips of an angel The only reason They might be there And I say might Would be to sell Methylamphetamines I think And when Hinder played Lips of an angel Was everyone literally Shitting their pants Is the song just so Bow moving That the audience Collectively shat themselves I can't believe this If Hinder were doing A charity show For irritable bowel syndrome, you know, maybe people Mm. would be shitting themselves if that was... The only people in the crowd had irritable bowel syndrome. But out of that context, I don't think anyone's shitting (laughs) themselves over this song. And there's no leather bikers there. I know
2: what you mean. I thought about this. The only thing I could think of was... Maybe it was like an outdoor festival. They were playing... Too close to the portal Yep, and they the drummer got confused between lips of an angel and the sound of people shitting themselves. Yeah, that's true. Like he was, you know, it was drifting
0: over from that that the toilet he was like, area. Pe- oh, I can smell shit. People are shitting themselves. <laughs> Two lips of an angel. Yeah, that
2: reminds me of lips of an angel. And yeah. there
0: was a sort of like a Harley Davidson convention next door, <laughs> that some right. bikers All got stuff, accidentally like got lost themselves. or something. So that people are like, awesome. wait a minute,
2: so, uh, please explain to the kids out there what girls gone wild was. Being.
0: Well, that was the name of the Hinder tour, but... Oh, <laughs> girls, was it? Oh, yeah. okay. Come but on. Girls Gone Wild was like oh some sort God, of... Oh, my God, they named themselves after Girls Gone yeah. Wild. So, Fuck Girls God. Gone Wild, was it on... Was it MTV, or... It was some, It was like I think it was mid like... to late 90s, where just chicks would just get yeah. fucking hammered and do stupid shit on camera?
2: Yes, and by get fucking hammered, you mean the people making the film got them drunk so that they might take their tops off so that they could film them and then sell low quality VHS (laughs) cassettes and DVDs
0: certainly like an American
2: phenomenon of just trash yes and and also just on the, the arse end of not everybody having the internet readily available to them and being able to just type tits and yeah, then see some tits. Yeah, exactly. The idea that you might ma- mail off for a DVD of some tits yeah, on the internet
0: for sure—it's
2: kind of insane. A lot of and grifters then,
0: involved in the tits industry. So in if the, in you don't if you
2: don't know what hinder are like, imagine the kind of band that would name their tour after yeah. a already a defunct series of child exploiting yeah. <laughs> alcohol quasi-legal mail-order VHS cassettes for people who don't have the imagination to think of some tits while they're masturbating.
0: Yeah, look, everything about that tour name is terrible. <laughs> um, but look, it's on brand for Hinder, that's for oh, sure. Oh, it's 100%. Um, but to put this into context, Tom, this single, uh, when it was released, so it's <laughs> a major, it sold over 3 million ringtones. <laughs> yes. So it was a much simpler time. We talked about ringtone sales, I believe, back in the mm. uh, the, the good old days of Axel F. I believe come up again when, this year. <laughs> When people would pay money for ringtones yes. which seems insane now but and it was and it was a billion dollar industry like officially licensed
2: ones too like you couldn't just get pirated ringtones yeah tones. it seems insane uh, to me so. damn it the only way for me to get Lips of an Angel by Hinder on my phone is to download the official version yep. so I guess I'll give them my credit card details and yeah. hand
0: it over oh absolutely now look I believe it was Dave Grohl of um, seminal hardcore band Scream um, he, I believe he was in he might have been in another band but I can't recall where they were as the media Never mentions them So anyway He said that Liam Gallagher Is the last true rock star <laughs> That's what Dave Grohl said Now That might be true But for my mind Hinder Is the last true rock band <laughs> I see Can you think of a rock band Since 2006 That's had more of an impact On the charts Than Hinder uh,
2: On the charts
0: Oh, just, well f- just in general is there anyone that's made a bit of oh creatively yeah um, maybe 30
2: seconds to Mars maybe 30 so. seconds to Mars possibly three doors down yeah
0: uh, certainly three doors down yeah so uh,
2: Eve 6 I think oh maybe.
0: yeah yeah F of, f of essence uh, f of,
2: uh, who did that who did Semi Charmed Life <laughs> that them that, that band,
0: yes, those guys. They made
2: such an impact that I those you know, guys. They
0: blew their own name out of my mind. those guys and um and the Rembrandts who did the of theme course, from, from the Friends. Rembrandts. Yeah, mm. so all big names certainly. Look, there may be some time um, if you are. I think at this time, sorry, that if you were making a mixtape for a chick. Um, okay, maybe you weren't making a mixtape, but you were sending a MySpace playlist mm-hmm. to a chick. I can't really remember whether you could do that. I can't remember how MySpace worked. <laughs> could you send? Could you make a playlist on my, MySpace and send a link to someone and go check out my MySpace playlist? I think playlist? so, yeah. You could certainly put your music there. Yeah, yeah um, but yeah. So look, if you wanted to do that and you wanted to demonstrate to, to the recipient that yes, I'm a bad boy, but I'm also a romantic, then you would put this song on a playlist, I think. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> yeah you want to show that you love rock and roll and you're bad to the bone, mm. but you have a sensitive side. If your
2: girlfriend uh, lived in a trailer park, definitely. Yeah. Uh, critical reviews of the album Extreme Behaviour, oh, no. which this is from, were mixed to negative. Uh, uh, what? Extreme Behaviour was, according to All Music, one of the worst albums of 2005. Oh, no. It was rated two out of five stars, <laughs> which shows there must have been some other contenders, I guess. In its review of the album, All Music said that Hinder are so egregiously dull They appeal not to fans of music But to fans of high fives oh. <laughs> Or I guess you could put it another way And say Hinder appeal to the exact sort of people That would come to Nirvana shows And Kurt Cobain would see them And eventually kill himself Yeah. Because <laughs> he hated them he so hated much He hated fans so much yeah. <laughs> He hated one specific kind of fan And yes I and believe all of his fans. he was the one and he
0: likes to shoot his guns. Yeah. <laughs> look, it doesn't surprise me at all. So, look, they followed up Lips of an Angel with a track called Better Than Me, which, honest, sh- that sounds like um, an off-brand Lips of an Angel. Oh, good, you worse, that one. Worse, worse. Yeah, worse than this. So, reached number 11 in Australia. They lost their vocalist, which is a shame, as he was a real talent. <laughs> She's got a Lips of an Angel. Not everyone can do that. Um, they recruited a new guy who was able to get them to 22 in 2017 Mm. with a song called Making It Hard which I assume is a song about biker dudes in leather and their penis at hinder shows seems likely yes (laughs) what are the lyrical
2: highlights of this? Um, well unsurprisingly there aren't (laughs) Uh, I mean, did you ever imagine that there would be a weaker, shittier version of Nickelback, bin?
0: Oh, I didn't. I mean, I would not have thought it was possible. I didn't think it I would be. thought that was... But Hinder demonstrated Hinder that. You can always... The thing is, Tom, you can constantly water something down until you're at the level of water, and then you can no longer water that down. you start probably it. I mean, find some lower quality water to dilute it even
2: more. At this stage, like... Like The version of the hard rock lifestyle mm. that's being embodied theoretically in Hinder's music and Nickelback's music bears about as much resemblance to, say, the Rolling Stones, that a 65-year-old suburban accountant riding a least Harley Davidson at the speed limit in his brand new iron jeans from Big and Hefty. Does, does to one of the original sort of feral, shell-shocked 20-year-old motorbike drifters left over from Omaha Beach. It's like a game of Chinese whispers, you know. In 1970, you start with, we come from the land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun where the hot springs flow, the hammer of the gods will drive our ships to new land to fight the horde and sing and cry, Valhalla, I am coming. On we sweep with the threshing war. our only goal will be the western shore. Mm. And by 2007, we're at... Well, my girl's in the next room. Sometimes I wish she was you. Yeah. Just a bogan on the phone, whispering to Sharon from Nando's, who's well, thinking of cheating on Barry Ann.
0: In the next room. Sometimes <laughs> I wish she was you. Yeah. Delivered with that sort of gravel, sort of action. I would have, so. just, you
2: know, the cliche would be to say it's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy, of a photocopy but that's really. Um, being unfair to the xerox corporation i think <laughs> you know whose photocopying
0: technologies produces better ripoffs than this shit yeah exactly um look this is no good uh Two and a half million listeners. Of course. In still true. have on Spotify. I think, based off the back of this, this would. There's still. Mm. Look, there's still fucking dickheads out there, Tom. Oh, They've yeah. not gone away. No, it's. Um, like and I they're say, making playlists yes, on it's Spotify. This is a new
2: generation of dad rock, and yep. that new generation, unfortunately, like, there's bits of. Some Nirvana songs are now A list. You know, they're in our A-list classic rock,
0: which is basically dad rock. Yeah, exactly. Look, so I think... Times move on. There's still dudes that want to make playlists with some emotional power on there, and this is going to be... The question is, like, what's going to be
2: dad rock for the next generation? You know? I mean, millennials are getting old enough to have kids. What are they going to be... Yeah, well... I mean, it's, you know, this this era, really. The shit that they were listening to when they're... You know Younger Like Britney Spears And stuff I suppose Yeah exactly All the 90s
0: stuff Yep Um, I think the Dad Rock's gonna be we're gonna find out at the very, very, very end of this episode, Tom. I'm gonna <laughs> let you know what some of the sure. This is this this is Dad Rock and there's a few coming up as well. There is actually, yeah. So um for yeah. sure. So we we'll talk In about fact, that later. Even this next song might qualify. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, In 2.5 mil, sorry on Spotify, a dollar for this on Discogs. It's um, cents too. So yeah, probably don't buy that. Um to disco go buy something else. So look, moving on. Next one, Tom, for I'm four wrong. weeks. Silver chair, straight lines. Yeah. So dudes in suit vests with nothing <laughs> underneath are stoked. I'll take us. them. I'll take the dudes
2: in suit vests with nothing underneath and a bit of eyeliner over yep. the dudes uh,
0: in leather vests over exactly. t-shirts with rock scarves. Now, listeners to the podcast might be like, "There's been a there's been a bit of a gap." Between no more maybes, the baby's got rabies, I'm sitting on a ball in the middle of the Andes, I'm a freak of nature. Oh, there Bit was of a gap one, between that. There was Anthem
2: for the year 2000, but that was seven years ago. Oh
0: so, yeah, yeah, that did make it to number one though, so... But, um, no, no. Yeah, yep. yep. that's it. You're right. That that was terrible. Oh yeah, no,
2: you're right. Number ones, yeah, fuck yeah. Speaking yeah, yeah. Speaking
0: number four. ones, yeah. So that one, yeah. <laughs> we are the youth. We'll take your fashions away. <laughs> that's the worst song they <laughs> <I> ever made. <laughs> I think really it's don't like that, it's either. fucking so shit. <laughs> like one step forward with um, no more maybes. The baby's got rabies, and two steps back with that. So, um, but look, this sounds nothing like their other stuff, as no. i mentioned. mentioned. Um, but what happens is it appears that this started out as a bit of a Daniel John solo project. Yes. So some, a lot of the songs off this he wrote... Um, with another dude who's not in the band who was from some other band I've forgotten his name you might have done the research Um, but yeah so this was going to be a bit of a Daniel John solo but then the band I think got back together to play a few shows they'd been on hiatus and then after they played the shows I think Daniel John's was like oh cool we're sort of you know doing band stuff again why don't we record this as a silver chair album so then it came out um, and yeah under the silver chair umbrella but literally sounds nothing like anything they've done before it's a
2: bit strange isn't it I mean But even then, like, the songs written during Diorama, that was their previous album, I think. Yep. um, He wrote all of those tracks himself. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know,
0: and... I think he's written all, basically, 99% of their songs, I think. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, fair point. Uh, This album, or at least this song, Straight Lines, was co-written by the presets.
0: Oh, that's who I was looking for. But he was
2: also doing a lot of work with, uh, what's his... Paul from the Dissociatives. Paul Mac, well. Paul yep. Mac, who would often play. He would do the electronic stuff with them live. Yep. Uh, as you say, it became their first number one in Australia since Break and the first single from their fifth album, Young Modern. Yep. Um, the album version doesn't feature the other members of the band at all. Which oh. must have been tough on you,
0: you know. I mean, oh, sorry, on uh, Ben Gillies, <laughs> the drummer from yeah. Stone Chair. Oh, it was they didn't? They didn't even play on the song, did they? On the the album, no. Okay, wow. <laughs> Jesus. So
2: I mean, and even when you're listening to this song, you think there wouldn't have been a whole lot for them to do live, even like it's not. Yeah. Yeah Just getting into that Radiohead territory Where Tom York was like I think all our songs Should be mostly Theremin and me Leaning on a synthesizer Yeah there, exactly all I, It's
0: just like What about me I play the guitar <laughs> <laughs> There's two of us That play the Can guitar Can you make the, the
2: guitar Sound like a theremin Yeah because Otherwise we're not Going to need you on this I'm tour. not sure what
0: happened In this song in particular I can't remember But the one thing That I hate is Um songs that have drum machines in them, but in the music video, they've got a live drummer playing along to it. And it's oh, just like, Scott. that's a fucking 808, bro. There's no no yeah, one's playing the drums I mean, on this song. So The videos do it yeah. all the time, too. Yeah, bro. it's completely ridiculous. So, look, um, the lyrical themes on this album, I think, focus less on babies <laughs> with rabies, and I, th- I believe around this time, Daniel was more into brown showers. Is that correct? <laughs> or at least that's what the Daily Telegraph would have me believe. That was so, the rumour they were pushing. That was the rumour that they were pushing. So. Um, look, so if you miss this, the First time around, I believe Daniel Johns had indicated he may never perform live again. Mm. So um, that's sort of something that he said, I think, in the last calendar year, in the last few months, he sort of mentioned. So yeah, um, so if you didn't get to see Silverchair live when they were around the first time, you might have to wait for the hologram tour. <laughs> something to be said for dudes who make all their money they'll ever need from music by the time they're 30, and then just do it from time to time for themselves because they want to create something rather than just pump. Pumping out content every two years and performing live well past your prime. Yeah. I mean, so, to be fair, I'm sure. That, so that's what I'm saying, Daniel Johns. Yeah. congrats to that dude. So
2: no, I, I'm to be fair, I'm sure there are a lot of artists who would do that yep. if they felt financially secure enough to.
0: do Yeah, it. yeah, that's you the other thing.
2: You got to have a, you know, got to have a few big albums. Like even if Silverchair had come out now yep. instead of. Like musical taste aside, let's say they came out now and were as big of a success mm. as they were in the mid '90s. I doubt they would have made as much money as they did back well, it's then. It's all streaming bullshit. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they'd, they'd be. They might get famous, but I don't reckon that they would have generated that amount of income. Where you could comfortably, at the age of thirty, go, "I'm not." Let's put the band in hiatus for. Eight years until yeah, I exactly. come up with something, you know? and now he's just come out and said, "Look, I'll
0: probably never play live ever again." Yeah. So he's just sort of like happy and content. And I mean, that. and
2: people like you, you know, oh, sorry, um, the drummer of Silverchair, <laughs> like you know, your wife, she's psychic. She, she, she knows when the next tour is going to be. You don't yeah. even have to, you know, pack a suitcase. You just sit at home.
0: Just, while the you just wait. In. The, wait yeah. yeah, the royalty checks are coming in. Exactly right. So, look, um, yeah, so massive respect to Daniel Johns for getting out while the going was good because um, there is nothing worse, really, is there, than people that are just like, your creative peak was 1998. Yeah. You're still going now. You Every two years, here's out the new album, let's do the Sounds tour. It's just like, It's the last fucking the same garbage shit. And then it's just like, but I have to do this because i got to pay the mortgage. That's I didn't right. make enough money the first time around. So, look. Yeah, no, you know, for the last, from the 10
2: years prior to this, Daniel Johns made it fairly clear that he had very ambivalent feelings about being in the public eye all. Yeah, exactly. And that he obviously didn't want to just keep doing grunge. Whatever you think of this music,
0: whether you like this song or not, it's definitely
2: not the same shit that they started out with.
0: Yeah, definitely. Look, um, I mean, does anyone really want to see Motley Crue play in 2022? <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake. They're doing more tours. They're going around. Vince Neil sounds... Wo- I think if you just got any dude off the street and said, can you sing Dr. Good'?" it would sound better than that guy. Trying to, They must be trying to cash in on that movie, right? Oh, so, yeah. But they should have hung it up a, a oh, long, yeah, long, long time And they must have made ago. a lot of cash. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, they yeah. don't, surely they don't have to do it. I know. You know, if you sort of had to do it, I mean, maybe <laughs> the dudes are all divorced three times and they've got a lot of... <laughs> you know, ex-wives to pay off and, you know, child support. I think child support it's been very <laughs> totally right. respect for the exactly, <laughs> yeah, institution yeah. of matrimony. But, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, do you think Mondrian's estate received any cash from Silverchair for the cover-up? <laughs> Is that... If you haven't seen it, it's sort of a 3D
2: Mondrian. I guess that's reflecting the title of young modern, you know... Yeah,
0: ripping off Mondrian. Um, do you yeah. think... Do, do, do Mondrian's grandkids, are they living well, do you think? I hope royalties so. royalties, because... <laughs> That dude gets ripped off all the time. Yeah, there's, a, there's a Mondrian-inspired apartment building in South Yarra. Have you seen that? If you get the train on the Sandringham line... Oh, okay. ...you, get, you just sort of get out of the city <laughs> and you're down about a stop and the whole side of the building is uh. like a massive Mondrian oh, knockoff. So um, You can't copyright ideas. So if some property developer devoid of any ideas, and dare I say that's all of them, wants to Mondrian the fuck out of a new depart- like development, then I guess who's going to yeah. stop him?
2: no one the trouble with mondrian is that he reduced the essence of painting to such a simple you know and some might suggest lazy as fuck <laughs> basic essence And it became essentially uncopyrightable even at the time yeah you know you can't really copyright black lines and primary colors it's mm. not you know that's why all of my abstract expressionist work comes with an embedded nft of my genitals yeah, where good. the hinder tattoo
0: can be clearly seen you know so it's it's, you know, there's no dispute about who did it. For sure. My Mondrian knockoffs all have different band names written in each <laughs> of the quadrants. So, Hinder's in one of them. Coldplay, or my favourites. Sure. Um, four non-blondes. So, yeah. Um, look... As I said, four weeks for this. Two and a half mil. Jesus Christ, 2.5 mil. So Silverchair and Hinder have the same amount of monthly listens on Spotify. Yeah, something's gone awry there. That's What's not happen? great. This will cost you three dollars. <laughs> Silverchair haven't done anything for quite a They haven't. Time. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, whereas Hinder are just knocking Kicking out endless girls. They are. With <laughs> yes. their. What the fuck am I talking no. about? <laughs> yeah. But Tom, remember. I'm oh, sorry, you're forgetting. Making it's it hard in Making it hard in, 2000, yeah, it from... hard in yeah. 2017. <laughs> so they're still rocking about. You know cock song, so it's good. Um, lyrics. Lyrically, well,
2: the chorus, uh, per the title, definitely seems to allude to a recovery from addiction or mental illness, yep. walking in a straight line, you know. Possibly the depression and anorexia that dogged Daniel John's early life, which is, you know, most of it up till this point. Yep. On the other hand, this is also the guy who wrote Freak, so there are still verses like uh, Something I Will Never Forget... I felt desperate and stuck to the marrow, invisible to everyone else. I'm a sex change and a damsel with no heroine. Oh. Now, I believe that's a reference to that time he got bitten by a radioactive transsexual and turned into an invisible princess with an opiate addiction. Yeah,
0: that's probably but like that.
2: Could be wrong. with his Daniel Johns we're talking
0: about. Yeah, definitely. Um, we did talk about um, on Freak Show. There's that song where he does say, "Welcome to the mass debate." So <laughs> sort of. He's, he's always been a wordsmith, Tom. Always sort of you know sure playing around the edges of English. He's very sort of Shakespearean in a sense. I think <laughs> sort of pushing language as far as it can go. So mm. um, look anyway. Anyway, so I, th- I don't think we'll get to talk about Silverchair ever again because I haven't done anything. Yeah, not so, for a while. Thanks, Silverchair. Thanks for the memories, um, good times. So maybe maybe Daniel will pop up, maybe <laughs> with some solo stuff at some oh, stage. I'm sure we'll know. Do I so. hope so. Hope so. Um, look up next um, for six weeks. Another long jet, <laughs> long term. Um, Avril Lavigne girlfriend. Mm. Now, Tom, this is whack. As fuck. Well, it
2: is not great, is it? But it does, I hate to say it, but it does have catchiness. Yeah. I can see why a 14-year-old would like it. It's got that back girl sort of snap to it, even though that song is probably better. Yeah. But, yeah, personally it annoys me more for the lyrics and the attitude than the actual music per se. I really listened to this and I was like, oh, God, I really wanted to hate this, but the actual song is not as terrible as it could be, you know yeah of course probably because by this stage she could just afford the best producer around yep. so
0: you know they'll Definitely. dial back the chitty and push up that good slider <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 yeah no you're right I think musically it's sort of um, yeah it's a fun sort of song but just that. Hey, hey, you, you! I don't like your girlfriend. No oh way, God, no yes. way! Think you get a new one? Hey, hey, you, you! I could be your yeah, girlfriend. Fucking mind. so bad. Should have got someone to write the better lyrics on yes, top. would have been okay. Uh, if this so, was
2: written by Levine and Lucas. Dr. Luke got more oh doctor fuck that guy yeah with uh, Dr. Luke also producing the track the song was written while Levine was intoxicated she claims with Levine commenting that the chorus only took two minutes to write so (laughs) this is part of the taxi club that's what I've decided to call the Stock Aiken Waterman
0: wrote it in the taxi on the way to the studio or I've called a taxi and then by the time the taxi's arrived I've knocked another song out
2: who could have guessed Uh, I'm sensing that Dr. Luke might be throwing some Dr. Shade there e.g. that Avril Lavigne, drunk, like most Americans, off two cans of low-carb lager, yelled, hey, hey, I don't like your girlfriend a bit, and then he did the rest. Yeah. But who can we really trust, Ben? I mean, Dr. Luke wrote Teenage Dream, California Girls, Wrecking Ball, Since You've Been Gone, Party in the USA, and remixed the Mortal Kombat theme from the original movie. <laughs> Jesus. But he is also probably a sex pest. Yeah. Avril Levine co-wrote this song, but then again she also did co-write this song.
0: Yeah. So, that's... you know... Goodness me, look, <laughs> I don't know. I think Sometimes gonna... there are no winners. Bill. There are no winners, yeah, exactly. There's so... no good party. Yeah, Dr. Luke, Um, I think we'll talk about him a bit later in a future episode. He was the
2: one, in case you don't know, he was the one that Kesha claimed had, I don't know, sexually slash psychologically abused her. Yep. Something And then Yeah There were rumours about him With other artists But nothing was ever
0: proved I should say You know But who knows Oh look Avril Lavigne probably got away Lucky with a hit single You know Anything yes. could have happened So <laughs> Look um, In the music video Tom So There's a punk guy Who's dating a nerd um, uh, yes. And yep. then a punk girl <laughs> Approaches the punk guy And then chants the lyrics Hey, hey I don't like your girlfriend You should get a new one I could mm-hmm. be your girlfriend That bullshit But here's the twist, Tom <gasps> Avril Lavigne is playing Both the nerd And the the punk girl. What? So she's acting as both. So I mean, one, she's wearing like a skull top fucking and like a fucking tie on this with this a stripy tie or some bullshit. Then yep. the other one, she's wearing like a cardigan and some glasses. So it's mm-hmm. very, very creative. Now, <laughs> look, I know the punk Avril is meant to be the one that, that everyone, that the viewer is meant to identify with and like and go, oh, you know, I like that yep. one. And the nerd is meant to be the shit one that the audience is meant to hate. But, you know, if it was an end-of-the-world scenario and I had to bang one of them to keep the human race alive, I would take nerd Avril every day of the week. (laughs) And that's not because I have some sort of librarian nerd fetish. It's just because punk Avril is so fucking annoying. (laughs) So the music video is a failure on all levels. Well, I do have a librarian
2: nerd fetish, and I approve this message. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it's even more annoying than you're saying because she actually plays a third character in the film, e.g. herself, as the singer in the band, who is also equally annoying. So, really, you've got two irritating-as-fuck punk Avrils ganging up on one relatively harmless chick who's just trying to go to, you know, a fucking nightclub with her boyfriend. Yeah, (laughs) no, exactly.
0: Really, no. again, there's no winners in this scenario. No, there aren't as well. And I almost feel like because the punk boyfriend and the nerd chick are so... Unlikely is he been dared into sort of like a Freddie Prince Jr. style scenario yes. to date her in the first place? Yes. So I, don't, I don't even know what's going on here, but I sort yeah. of feel like she's been taken advantage of. There are no winners. <laughs> Everything about it sucks. And, yeah, I hated the music video so much. <laughs> but the thing, that, the thing that I found um, interesting about it was that Avril playing a character that's almost herself is so unlikable <laughs> that I would yes. choose the alternative. Yeah,
2: no, it doesn't help.
0: Um, Levine was married to, to Derek Wibley of Sum 41 at yeah, this stage at that. Um, when she recorded this. And I assume that in their heads they were the punk Beyonce and Jay-Z, but in reality they were more like the punk, uh, sorry, Britney Spears and K-Fed. Do you sort of see that <laughs> yes. sort of? More like yeah. a kind of... Yeah, or maybe even Madonna and Vanilla Ice. I'm not quite sure <laughs> well, which one. but Soon afterwards, she hooked up with someone more on her level of
2: punkness, uh, the Paddle Pop Lion from Nick's <laughs> that's yeah, true. So, <laughs> yes. Exactly. They seemed a lot more apt for each other. Yeah,
0: you? so I don't know whether Levine and Wibbly had a child, um, but if they did, it would be obviously <laughs> the, the punkest of all children. So... Look, there you go. Look, Avril and co-writer Dr. Luke, yeah, as you mentioned, I I Kissed together Girl, that other shit, was sued by um, the Rubinos. Their 1978 song, I Wanna Be Your Boyfriend, apparently sounds somewhat similar. Mm. They settled out of court, as these things always seem to go, and got a bit of a cut of the cash. I
2: hope they settled for five bucks and a sun hat, because it's absolutely fucking nothing like this, other than that the chorus starts with, hey, hey, you, you. Yep. As does "Hey Hey You You" by Saluna, or "Get Off of My Cloud" by the Rolling Stones, and every sentence ever Yield by a PE teacher. I'm. <laughs> I don't. You, know, <laughs> you can't. Quite, yeah, you can't really cooperate. Hey Hey You No, it you, really doesn't part. sound anything like that at all. <laughs> no, no, it no. Just sounds chancy. I reckon. I reckon some of these are just estates of people who are all dead, and that somebody just hears it on the radio and goes, "I reckon we could get them to settle out of court for, you know." Rent money for next month or something like that, just to get us to piss off, you know. Yeah, it's got to be because
0: some of these are
2: nothing like them yep.
0: at all. A lot of them, you, I think you're correct. There's, there's occasionally there's the oh that's just a blatant rip off, and then other yeah. times it's like, yeah, it's always the and even
2: then, The ones that win don't seem to bear any re- relation to how close they are to the actual. No, assault,
0: exactly right. You know. it's very very difficult to sort of. Um, I don't know what they do, whether they look at the notes on a page and show the jury and go, this goes A they, sharp, do they, they do
2: in a court or, and they play them the songs and they show how, you know... But then, even then, like, sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it does work. Yep. And in the old days, it seemed to be just a sort of gentleman's agreement to just yeah. go, as long as you mentioned the band and the liner notes, you're allowed to lift their entire
0: song structures out. Oh, of things. exactly. Look, yeah. I mean, Ed Sheeran, I'm no fan of uh, Ed's material, but um, I did hear him... He gets sued frequently because he's <laughs> always... <laughs> He's got a lot of hits obviously and mm-hmm. writes lots of songs. He's got a lot of lot. But um I I did read something like he said, Look, there's only twelve notes and sometimes yeah. some shit's gonna sound the exactly. same as something else. So. Obviously, a three minute pop song, there's only so many fucking riffs yeah, and exactly. every
2: year more people are trying to yep.
0: use those same riffs. Yep. So yeah. And look to Ed's uh, defence I do know that he was I think I can't remember which song, but accused of uh, ripping off TLC. a waterfall or something like that so he just went okay yeah look I can understand that probably sounds similar to that so he just added them as songwriters to the song and doesn't everyone win then? They split the it's not a bad sort of thing you can avoid all this court bullshit but yeah I think um, yeah a lot of the time you do get these chances of just going, ah, oh, yeah, shit. I'm especially in a fucking some caravan. shit from twenty years ago.
2: That have you ever heard of the fucking
0: Rubinos? No, no, no I say, so I'm sure Avril probably hasn't yeah. either. So, I
2: mean, personally, I'm still listening to "I Know
0: What Boys Like" from the waitresses from last well, week. Yeah, that a, song, that's song a, shits a on bang both bang. of these bands. It does exactly. So, yeah. so um, Avril's management company uploaded the music video to YouTube. Um, which seems like nowadays every single music video is uh, uploaded to YouTube but back in time it was a bit of a novelty (laughs) and due to a coordinated fan campaign the video clocked up 100 million views between (laughs) 2007 and 2008 and it resulted in Avril earning approximately $2 million in ad revenue. Oh, how quaint. Cool so isn't that. The 100 million views is a big success. <laughs> yeah, so out. today I gather record labels earn a decent chunk of revenue from YouTube, uh, music videos, especially ones that hit a billion views, but back in 2007, yeah. yeah. New ground, I think.
2: So. Well, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I remember reading that um, at the time, uh fucking Gangnam Style by Psy was yeah. the most watched YouTube video in history. It had yep. something like 8 billion views. And I think that he got about, he made something like 8 million bucks off that song. Yep. And only about 500 grand was from like YouTube and, and plays. So if they were once paying 2 million bucks. For well, yeah, this views is they t- certainly fucking aren't now. Certainly, yeah, I remember
0: reading reading that, um, and they cl- yeah claim that they made two mil off hundred mil, and yeah, you're correct. Like that sort of nowadays, yeah, the royalty rate would be so low. Oh fuck but, no! Yeah, yeah, I think I read you'd make it recent. off sponsorship instead. Yeah. that's what Gangnam Style was made off. It was made off sponsorship. And- yeah, I read an article maybe in the last year or two, and they sort of implied that off a million views, you're more likely to get something like $2,000. Yeah. So 100 million views, you might get 200 grand. Yeah. So, which is like a tenth of what Avril claimed to get. And you'd barely
2: make anything off ringtone (laughs) sales. I don't
0: think so. Exactly. I wonder how
2: many... So, I mean, that, that was something... I should have looked that up. I wonder how much you were... I wonder how much Hinder
0: actually got off 3 million ringtone downloads would well, get the, like one cent per no download, no the, the ringtone some of them cost I remember an article that I read suggested that you could the ring the, like to buy the full song would be like 99 cents but the ringtone might cost you like two bucks or something like that so oh it would okay it's a different format I think yeah. so yeah so um, <laughs> I don't know whether Hinda got all of that two dollars I assume they got a fraction of it, got but, it um, what a
2: small window it seems
0: was. crazy <laughs> that yeah you know there were yeah. billions of dollars made annually off ringtone well, Anyway,
2: those people who pushed that video up to that high position must have been smoking rock cocaine because the video looks like a straight-to-DVD Scooby-Doo mystery filmed at Tasmania's Wonderland Serenity yeah, Theme does. Park. I kept hoping to see a visibly stoned Matthew Lillard fly past on the Mighty Mouse coaster <laughs> in the background. Really, it's just... Yes. I mean and again, that was probably really expensive at the time. That was probably like the most money they could chuck at a music video. Like it's it's very professionally shot in that sort of late nineties, early aughts way, but yeah, like it's so it's so dumb. It's just yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Like
2: you said, it features three separate versions of the lead singer and not one of them is likable in any way. No, no. You kind of just wanna you know leave them all behind at the school disco.
0: yeah absolutely right no crazy look um so this was six weeks as we said 17 million spotify for avril 72 cents to purchase so she would still have fans kicking oh yeah no doubt no doubt what are the lyrical highlights of this
2: um in a second you'll be wrapped around my finger because i can because i can do it better there's no other so when's it gonna sink in she's so stupid what the hell were you thinking now I wouldn't be throwing the word stupid around too casually if you're singing a song about two girlfriends and decide to include the line there's no other, so when's it gonna sink in? Yeah. <laughs> or claim that you can have him wrapped around your finger in a second yet decide to spend four minutes singing him a dodgy pop song instead.
0: Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh look this uh, I thought this was terrible it's too. Sad, <laughs> isn't it? Lyrically just yeah. Yeah, yeah right. You no, could I'm take good.
2: this you could take the skeleton of the song and just Re- re-put some other you know artist over the top of it and then it would be make it better an yeah. okay pop song you know but this one is irritating as fuck correct
0: exactly right alright should we move on sure Okay, Tom. So up next is uh, Missy Higgins, Australia's own Missy Higgins, with a song, one week for this song, Steer. Yes, a much less polished,
2: much more sort of singer songwritery type of number one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Australian-only hit. It was, yeah. So this song, Steer, is uh, purportedly about steers. Um, (laughs) Did you know steers are also called Bullock? Young, neutered male cattle, primarily raised for beef. I did Um, not. Yeah, the terminology used to describe the sex and age of cattle, the male um, is first a bull calf, if left intact becomes a bull, Mm -hmm. if castrated he becomes a steer and about two or three years grows to be an an ox. So males retained for beef production are usually castrated to make them more docile on the range or uh, in feedlots. The size and weight of a steer is highly dependent on the breed with the weight between 450 kilos and 1,400 kilos. Um, Most steers are raised for beef production, beef cattle such as uh, the common uh, um, Hereford and Aberdeen Angus breeds have been bred to produce um, muscle, not milk, and tend to be much heftier than dairy cows. Um, breeds of beef cattle of differing characteristics in regards to growth, fat, rate, um, fat of, yeah, so, sorry, the, the rate of fat, content, um, disease resistance, ability to handle drought, um, a variety of organs, including um, liver, kidney, heart, brain, and various glands may be collected from steers and sold for human consumption. Um, steers are also used as a source of leather for clothing. And other products, um, and a bit controversially, uh, participants in rodeo events such as steer wrestling and steer roping. Um, mm. So that description of steers is about as interesting as this song, Tom. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe even more so because I
2: actually learned a couple of things from yeah. that. But
0: yeah, um, she's trading the weak piano ballad for a fucking weak acoustic number. Yeah, it's
2: not exactly a thriller I
0: minute, mean, is no. it? She seems less emotionally
2: engaged in this one than in her previous hit. Um, what was it? Called? Scar. Scar. Yes. Yep. Another similar title. That yep. was her last hit off this album. And if you're a singer songwriter, emotional engagement and tunes is most of the toolbox. You know, if you don't have either of those, there's not yep. much left on the table. It's not like '90s alternative where you can sing a whole tour like you've been heavily tranquilized and then just blame the smack. Yeah. You know, by this point, people are expecting you to. You know. <laughs> have some oh, exactly. some sort of engagement with the music. And also the sort of the basic message of the song, you know, of artistic proactivity informing the song uh, was pretty well covered by, for instance, Incubus in half a dozen songs from the 90s from their first album. Yep. Not to mention several that we've already covered on this podcast, including, for instance, What Are You Waiting For by Gwen Stefani. True. Which is just the same thing. Like, I mean, you know what the song... Like, it's so simple. It's just about... She's just on holiday in Western Australia and then just, you know, just looking at the night sky going, oh, I'm ready to, you know, control my own destiny or whatever.
0: That's it. That's the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, in the music video, she's working as a crash test dummy. Now, I don't know much (laughs) about the crash test dummy industry. But as far as I'm aware, I don't believe they use living people in those trials. Not outside China, no. No, no. Maybe they use some recently deceased bodies, um, (laughs) but to the best of my knowledge, no actual people. Mainly an OH&S thing. Too many work cover claims, I believe. So straight off the bat, I'm not believing the video. Mm,
1: mm. Uh,
0: It's not factually accurate, and as such, I find it hard to relate Sure. To the material, but look in the video. They show her driving a car into an object repeatedly, and you know she goes to work and jumps in the car, yeah. drives into the wall, goes home, etc., etc. And then one day, metaphor alert, Tom, <laughs> she decides to steer the car outside of the confines of what she's expected to do and chooses her own path. What? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry. Maybe the song's about steering your life in the direction you choose, and not about. Um, Male neutered cattle, is that right?
2: Oh, I see.
0: Sorry, I probably should have. That does make more sense. Probably should have thought about that before (laughs) doing a long winded, boring intro. We all learn something. But look, the music video is better than the song. I'll give it that. It is,
2: it is. But even then, you're
0: making it sound more interesting than it actually is. It's not that interesting, but the song's very uninteresting so.
2: yeah I mean on paper that sounds vaguely interesting yeah. but visually most of it is desaturated shots of Missy Higgins drinking instant coffee in her kitchen and putting on or taking off a series of op shop hoodies yep. now, as was demonstrated by most of Britpop 90s alternative and grunge if you want to play the no I'm just a normal person like my audience card then you've really got to back it up with tunes that tell the audience no I'm not I'm actually amazing of course because otherwise you're just actively inviting them to ask themselves well if this artist can't be fucked performing for me then what's in it for me you know yep. what am I getting out of this exchange especially when you're writing songs about taking control of your life and not wasting it e.g. in front of rage watching bullshit music videos for half assed songs yeah yeah I mean even this video like I suppose this is probably just a fault of you know, doing things in Australia, but it it would be much more entertaining if most of the video was her crashing cars. Oh, yeah. In cool slow motion or something like that. But obviously they could only afford to, you know... To get the wreckers to drop off two Dado 120 wires yeah. at the video shop. So they had to somehow stretch those over a four minute more video. coffee shop. So more yeah, shots of her in coffee. the kitchen,
0: yet yeah, putting yeah. on another hoodie. Yeah. Do you think if um, if I developed this into a feature length film, Tom, of someone <laughs> just crashing cars and they drive off one day and go on a wacky adventure? Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler Call just go, goes on a road trip and all kinds of hijinks and misadventures. Do you think I would have to pay, um, would Missy Higgins? <laughs> sue me for <laughs> stealing the, the concept from the music video I
2: you? would be extraordinarily surprised if Miss,
0: even Missy Higgins could remember this fucking video yeah that's true and she, she, was might forget in it. Yeah, she might forget it that's correct yeah, exactly so um, look one week for this 650k for Missy 395 fucking hell that's that's a lot, mm, 95 Again, that's probably good. purchase price. Pretty, isn't? pretty good, exactly. Um, what are the highlights for this in the mu- in terms of <sighs> lyrics?
2: Well, as I said, you know, it's pretty simple. It's just about a moment of lucidity, realising you're in control of your own life and trying to hang on to that feeling. Uh, but the search ends here where the night is totally clear and your heart is fierce, so now you know that you control where you go, you can steer, yeah, get out of the box and step into the clear, because now you know finally you can steer. And as I said, lyrically, this sounds weirdly similar to the Incubus song "Drive." Uh, Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there. I'll be there. Would you choose water over wine? Hold the wheel and drive. Mm. If I was Incubus, I'd definitely try to settle out of court. Yeah. Except Missy Higgins is an Australian artist, so she probably works at David Jones during the week, and they don't pay the toilet cleaners much. No, David Jones, don't, unfortunately, don't, don't, not
0: Incubus probably got enough money to not have to do that correct exactly right um, look should we move on sure cool nice. alright up next for uh, another 6 weeks another 6 weeker uh, Rihanna featuring Jay Z Umbrella
2: I forgot Jay-Z was involved in this yeah, one. He is involved say. in this, yeah. I don't think
0: most people remember that. He I does a bit of he... a rap bit at the start. Mm, that's, yeah, that's one yeah, way yeah, of um, describing <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like he phoned this one in. <laughs> like, it's sort of... You know, I do I do hear people claim that, you know, Jay-Z is one of the finest rappers of, of our era. Mm. But um, on this song, he just seems to be like, yeah. Hey, what's up, Rihanna? <laughs> it's raining, I've got... it." And it's just like, fuck, what? It's not great. So, um, I did... When doing a bit of research for this, so I read that he did another rap for this at the start that was apparently, um, quote, better, but had nothing to do with the song. Like a bit of just one of those sort of bragging, like, yo, I've got heaps yeah. of cash, whatever. And then he'd said, last minute, he came in and just before they'd finished the song, he literally came to the studio and just did a new rap. And then the producer was like, I don't think it sounds <laughs> that great. But then he said, but in hindsight, at least it has something to do with, there's a couple of umbrella metaphors or some well, shit in there. Well, so. their instincts were wrong. They should have stuck with the
2: original because if this has anything to do with Rihanna, I can't fucking nah. tell what it is. And it honestly sounds as though the producer is struggling to try and make the beats
0: fit the rap, yeah. like
2: it—it it sounds like Jay Z wasn't even listening to the song when he when he busted this off. He
0: definitely didn't need to be involved in this. No. dare I say, so I'd <laughs> no. say that probably it's a catchy song and it might probably would have been a hit. If regardless. he produced it, then yeah, fair enough. Slap your fucking verse at the start, but he didn't even produce this. It's Adds just, nothing yeah. to the song. And so,
2: Rihanna was not brand new at this
0: point. No, she it's had a like, number one last week. Exactly. So, yeah. It's not like she needed Jay Z. I mean, I'm sure it didn't hurt, but no. yeah. Exactly. So this song is huge and was the first song to be number one in the UK and US for five weeks or more since oh, okay. Candle in the Wind in wow. 1997. Wow, 10 years ago. It was also number one in Australia for six weeks, as we're talking about now, New Zealand, Brazil, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Poland, Portugal and Spain. So yes, big, all it's, over it's, the place. This was uh, track one from her
2: third album, Good Girl Gone Bad. Ooh. So the one after the, the previous yep. hit from last year. The song was offered to Britney Spears originally. She turned it down. Uh, Mary J. Blige claimed in an interview that this song was actually written by The Dream and Tricky Stewart for her. Yeah, uh, They did the song for me and it was during the Grammy time and I was really, really busy and I heard it and I was like, oh my goodness, that's a smash. I love this song. And it And it was like, well, it's yours. So in the midst of it being mine, they were probably telling Rihanna it was hers. Mm. She's such a beautiful lady and I love her to death. I was so glad that she caught it and knocked it out of the park. And it's still one of my favourite songs to date. Mm. Now, I really admire her total lack of honesty there. (laughs) Truly, sometimes it takes real courage not to say, that bitch stole my song. I would have pissed in her letterbox, except I didn't think it would be a hit because it was some bullshit about umbrellas. Also was the 8th person in line to be asked to do the song and during Grammy time I mostly spend my days scrolling Instagram while getting my hair did. Yeah, that's exactly right. She chose not to say that. She chose to be nice about Rihanna but you know, couldn't help but pretend that they'd written this whole song for her when in actual fact it was
0: clearly offered to quite a few other people first. Look, it's, it's one of those things as well where you've got... The one scenario where, yeah, you offer it to three or four people, it gets rejected and someone picks it up and it's a big hit and all the other people are like, oh, I should have recorded it, it would have been a hit. But maybe if someone else is seeing it, it might it, there's no guarantee That's that exactly it would have been the number one.
2: And even then, there's other people who were deciding as well. Like, oh, exactly. They were the people who wrote it, but there was also another guy who was involved in the production and they said even those guys who wrote it weren't sure about Rihanna until they heard it. Yep. And then and even then they weren't like, oh, this is amazing. They just thought, yeah. Like compared to the other people, she does the chorus yeah. It's a bit more interesting. The way she, you know, does the Ella illas, like yeah. so, you know. So who knows what the other ones were like? You know, we can only imagine. Oh,
0: exactly right, exactly. And from time to time, we come across those songs where someone records it in a demo format. They're like, "No, yeah, that's yeah, whack," yeah. and then they give it to someone else. It's a big hit, and it's like, "Oh, I could have had a number one hit." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, maybe not, because you just weren't as good a singer, yeah, or you didn't have the knows. credibility, or you didn't have Jay Z doing that." Not... Hey, Rihanna I got an umbrella. Some <laughs> you bullshit. starts,
2: might not have as good in it. Black PVC
0: ballet tutu, <laughs> exactly right. So look now, this song. A lot of people wonder what it's about. You know, the metaphor of the umbrella, etc. But this—it's actually quite straightforward. The song is just about banging under an umbrella, <laughs> oh, that's um, as evidenced by the lyrics. "Quote: You can come under my umbrella." Now, mm. Rihanna doesn't say, you know, you can hide under my umbrella or you can get under my umbrella. She very deliberately states, "You can come under my umbrella." So this is a song about some serious deep dicking. Mm. Some have said. The umbrella is a metaphor but that's wrong it's just a song about banging rihanna under an umbrella so in mm. hindsight maybe just maybe jay-z cheated on beyonce with rihanna ah. under her umbrella and not with damien leith as i suggested last <laughs> week um and i just want to clear that up well i've been advised by jay-z's legal team that i need to clear it up i just want to say that um At no time was Jay-Z involved in a sexual relationship with Australian Idol winner Damien Leith. So I hope that (laughs) fits the legal obligations that that are required from the podcast and we can put that to bed, hopefully, once and for all.
2: Um, Incidentally, uh, if Chris Rock is feeling a bit bad this week, Mm. what with getting bitch slapped in front of... 3 billion people well no not that many people were watching the Oscars <laughs> <laughs> he should remind himself perhaps that uh, Jay-Z is in a YouTube video getting the shit kicked out of him by Beyonce's sister
0: uh-huh, and yeah. it doesn't seem to have harmed
2: <laughs> his career prospects no, that's true. or
0: marriage to Beyonce no, no, that's true. for instance either so chin up tiger I'd say absolutely um, What well, Beyonce's sister's got a real funny name doesn't she like it's oh a, yeah god damn it I can't, <laughs> I can't remember that. what it is It's I, I remember my, my wife had always I always like be, uh... Sort of, Solange yeah that's right Solange she'd be, like, she'd be Solange. like oh Solange and I'm just like who the fuck is that <laughs> it's like oh it's Beyonce sisters like, is that a real name or is that like a stage name the or first something? few so times like, I heard it I thought
2: oh that must be one of their kids because you know they always yeah. give their kids weird ass names it's yeah. like no, no. I it's mean, actually sick I love Beyonce it Beyonce's no a one fucking one has weird it, name too that's, but that's,
0: that's, you just, you've heard yeah, it so actually, many times you're used to it now you're right there's no one else called Beyonce imagine how many times she got called Beyonce yeah yeah, Growing yeah. up, I mean, <laughs> actually, yeah, you're right. You take the celebrity out of it, and it is a completely it's bizarre. Just name. a weirdo, Solange is. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a strange. Name. feeling It, it sounds
2: well. like a new car to me
0: yep yeah. oh it does the Citroen salon I think Elon Musk is going to be releasing <laughs> the um, Tesla Solange any day now so look as I mentioned last week Rihanna is the richest female oh, pop yes. star worth an estimated 1.7 billion dollars so power two. so her. how did she achieve that we well, didn't get
2: to it last week
0: I don't actually think Rihanna I just had a quick look at her Wikipedia I don't think she even does music anymore like the last album she released was at least 5 years ago oh, I think okay. it's very low down on her list of priorities so. she's a full time ultra pretty yeah so She's the founder of cosmetics brand Fenty Beauty, uh, yeah. um, and the fashion house Fenty, which just does clothes.
2: She she did she is yeah, yeah. Fenty. Oh, so I, I so she was
0: just their ambassador. No, oh, wow, so that's okay. her brand, and wow. it falls under the uh, LVMH um, head. So uh, Monet, Mo, sorry, uh, what is it? Moët Hennessy Louis Vuitton. Oh wow! So that's um. So yes, yeah, so, so so. For those that don't know, um, Moët Hennessy and Louis Vuitton merged in the mid '80s. I think it was <laughs> something like that, just to make an umbrella company for anything that's like yes. luxury shit. And I think now they, they were all briefly
2: owned by Buster Roy <laughs> He, think he so. had
0: to sell them because he couldn't afford
2: uh, enough Moët
0: Hennessy or Louis yeah. Vuitton. Exactly. So, um, so since that time, I think I, Big Baby best... Jesus was also a Big, big fan Baby Jesus. Fan oh, I love that, that shit. Exactly. You just got, when he did a Mariah Carey video shoot, just walk out with bags. Of go-go so um, yeah so it's Rihanna's uh, brand that's sort of a company under that sort of yep. umbrella thing so it's but obviously yeah, luxury stuff huge. so she's massive so as an owner of that she obviously brings in a fuck ton of money from that she's also a part owner of Tidal with that dude she banged oh um, yeah
2: that was Jay-Z's yep. streaming service That's that right. Kanye West was signed to yeah, for yeah so while. she yep.
0: part owns that um, and she also early on in her day she did a collaboration with Puma that sold out um, immediately she apparently did, on its yeah. release so she also does yeah like with the and clothing. she's got a perfume I think as well everyone she has does a like, so.
2: lingerie ranges that have huge big global launch parties and stuff like that right?
0: yeah exactly and following the release of this song Rihanna also launched a line of umbrellas <laughs> through the Totes company so she's always been a businesswoman and that's why Rihanna is worth 1.7 billion dollars okay, yeah. and Dido who didn't release her own dildo range that mm. was spoken about <laughs> in previous episodes is now busking on a cruise ship so probably
2: well, I yes I mean Rihanna's obviously good at
0: branding yeah uh,
2: Part of her brand, her personal brand, is that she's a bad girl. Oh
0: you know. <laughs> but what makes her a bad girl exactly, it's, it's a good question, Tom. What what is a what is the bad girl of Pop? Is she, she's not throwing TVs out of windows, is no, she? She's no. not, you know, punching out people yes. that I know of, not just assaulting paparazzi, yeah, what Makes a bad girl of the pop yeah. world. I mean, yeah, she's not bad by the punk standards. She's not no. bad even by glam metal standards. No, Certainly no. not
2: bad by death metal standards. As far as I know, she hasn't stabbed any of her own bandmates inside a church that she set fire
0: to. No, she hasn't done that exactly. So it does. It, you're I mean, right. It does raise the question. I guess where...
2: you could say she's got an abusive boyfriend. She walks around half naked and wears a lot of eyeliner. But yep. by that standard, half the women on the brown low red carpet are the new Rihanna band, and they are. I don't think that they are. <laughs> I think at most they're going to get signed to Kyle Sandeland's new label. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or become his girlfriend, possibly.
0: Look, I th- who knows? If we find out in years to come that um, you know this Fenty thing was just a cover up for some sort of massive drug empire, then maybe <laughs> we were like, oh yeah, Anna she was a bad girl. You know, <laughs> true. Yes. But at you this point in time, I, I mean, it's a relative thing, I guess. But I don't see her as any. Badder than any of the other pop no. stars. I, I mean, she's know. got resting bitch face, but you know, yeah, so do plenty of people. Yeah, definitely. I don't think she has much of a sense of humor, but that's. I could be <laughs> wrong. I could be wrong. So, anyway. Look, in,
2: I've never seen her in uh, Battleship, so I couldn't tell you about her acting prospects.
0: Oh, it's poor. But she terrible. did that
2: thing with. She did that movie with Dil- uh, with What's his name? Uh. Fucking childish Gambino, Donald Glover a oh. while ago, like a sort of indie film, but I never actually saw it. Oh, I'm sure it's terrible. She was no good in Battleship,
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, he'd have to hold the you know the fort on that one. So yeah, he would have, I to, think he'd have to do most of the work. So. Um, Look, well, in 2010, Rihanna also starred in a Kodak commercial mm. along with rapper Pitbull. So, Rihanna, Mm. Pitbull, Kodak, fantastic. Um, Not long after the company spiraled towards bankruptcy. So, look, in many ways, the two are responsible for destroying a 120-year-old company. It wasn't in any way Kodak's fault for not embracing digital technology and thinking film was forever. But I did see H&M selling Kodak hoodies, so it looks like the company's pivoted. For manufacturing film to fast fashion, which is a wise business choice. Well, perhaps that's what they picked up from Rihanna that it's much easier to just make hoodies than it is to actually produce
2: a marketable product.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So, look, it's good. Um, In the video, Tom, the the music video for this, um, I don't know, is iconic a word? I'm not sure. (laughs) It's probably not quite Beyonce put a ring on it or uh, some other stuff. No, maybe iconic, I don't know. But in the video, she's wearing a pleather one piece. A shorts halter top combo with no back and fingerless leather gloves, which is a sick look, I think. (laughs) Fingerless leather gloves and like a backless short halter combo is rad then she's wearing a white dress um, then she's wearing a maid's outfit in another mm-hmm. scene for no apparent reason um, and eventually she's a uh, silver full body paint um, <laughs> yes. for the latter half I've of the I've forgotten most of those yeah. all I remembered was her dancing around with an umbrella but... yeah so the, the umbrella seems to pop up a lot less than you would have thought <laughs> I would have thought it would be some sort of fucking Fred Astaire singing in the rain bullshit sure. but it's yeah, not it's- at all instead it's like all that so on the silver body paint Rihanna it was actually fun doing it uh, because it's probably something that I'll only do once in my lifetime fair enough so uh, two women painted me spraying coat after coat after coat then I stood in a black box so that no one could see me in the nude while they filmed. There were only like eight people in the box. Fucking eight? I th- oh, no no <laughs> one could see me there. There were only eight people there. It's like, why do you need eight? How about just the fucking dude with a camera? Um, including the director and my manager. The body paint was really oily. I couldn't wait to get it uh, it off my face. That was the worst part about it getting it off. I was in the shower for two and a half hours. My best friend had to come and shower with me because after I tried to do it myself, the silver would just go back to where I just washed myself. She was like, Take your hands off and let me do it. Days after, I still had some in my hair, ears, and even my belly button. It would just not come off. Laughs. <laughs> Now, look, it's all good and well for a Rihanna, but I went with a full body paint for a music video that I did recently, Tom, mm. and getting a friend over to help wash the paint off, I found significantly harder <laughs> tasks than what Rihanna did. I guess, you know, I just don't have the looks that Rihanna does, so that's probably why, but, you know, I was on the phone with my mate and said, hey, Steve, what are you up to tonight? Oh, yeah, nothing? Cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. You want to come over? Yeah, yeah, awesome. We'll have a few beers, get some pizzas. Yeah, watch a movie if you want. We're going to have a two and a half hour shower together while you scrub silver paint off my entire body. (laughs) Steve, hello. You there? Uh, I had to do that eight to ten times before someone would come over and that someone was Damien Leith, so he finally (laughs) agreed to get in the shower with me for two and a half hours, get the body paint off. Never again, Mm. Tom. I didn't even have a music video to paint, it was just for a bit of fun. I mean, if anyone has experience
2: desperately trying to scrape off an indelible stain,
0: it would be the winner of Australian Idol, I suppose. (laughs) No doubt. Exactly. Um, England... If you can believe this, Tom mm-hmm. Was pounded by rain During what? the summer of 2007 When this song was a huge hit So the London newspaper The Sun suggested That Umbrella May have been the cause As club goers Could have been doing An unintentional rain dance When it played Uh, They suggested a ban on Rihanna and an effort to download songs like In the Summertime.
2: That sounds like an unusually well-researched think piece for the Sun (laughs) newspaper. I assume the usual sub-editor was off that week after he broke his elbow reflexively attempting a Nazi salute while wrist-deep in a Tory politician's anus at the Tuesday night phone-hacking after-party.
0: he couldn't make it and that, that one slipped through to the keyboard? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, yeah, uh, the phone hacking, they probably hacked Rihanna's phone to find that information out maybe, in the first place. Maybe. So, so that, yeah, all that stuff about the, you know, I was in the shower, my friend had to scrub the paint off. That wasn't an interview. That was just a <laughs> mes- series of text messages that they'd hacked into and yep. put an article together. So Umbrella was the mer- most searched song on Google in 2007.
2: Yeah, well when Chris surprising. When Chris Brown and Rihanna were still dating, he even recorded his own version of this song. Did he? Which you can find on YouTube if you're really desperate. He changed the chorus to You Can Be My Cinderella. Jesus. But that yeah, it's really a weak as piss acoustic strummy thing it sounds like something a 15 year old would write for his girlfriend Fantastic. except it's even more pathetic because
0: she wrote it he's just copying it yeah that guy sucks shit so <laughs> look there's a distorted bass riff in this which hits hard as hell That's it does great. yeah over the chorus
2: the chorus is the, the good part of this yep. uh, this was produced by Tricky Stewart Cook, Harrell and The Dream again
0: oh yeah who
2: have worked with pop royalty for 15 years Beyonce, Drake, Kanye Rihanna, Lord anyone you can think of pretty much this is one for the Stock and Waterman Taxi Club again. Oh, good. Stewart was fucking around with one of the default hi-hat sounds from Garage Band. Ah. Oh. Uh, the Dream heard it. He liked the beat. Stuart added some chords and the Dream thought of an umbrella for some reason. Went into the booth and just knocked out the verses. They had the whole song done in a couple of hours. Uh, And if you ask me, frankly, it sounds a bit like it. I have to admit, on re Listening, I actually like this less. (laughs) I hadn't heard it for a long time. And I, yeah, apart from the chorus, mostly her voice and that bass line, there's really not much here, I don't reckon. It's like some sort of, I don't know, a cheap disposable item that looks solid but it's really just like nylon stretched over wire you know serves its purpose once and then you chuck it in a bin after a gust of wind blows it inside yeah. out you know? Look, much I'm
0: sure of, I'll think of it later but yeah I think much like um, some of that Stock and Waterman stuff that you listen to now you're just like going fucking hell the production on this is awful <laughs> and same with that guy Sebastian Angels Brought Me Here song the production <laughs> on that sounded so much worse than what I thought this it would it's definitely and this, better oh, it's way that. better than that but I I think i agree with you in the sense that sort of if you don't listen to a song for a long period of time then you listen to it you're like (laughs) oh yeah maybe it wasn't as futuristic as i remember it being so if if to
2: to give a little peek behind the curtain uh because i'm writing on this cheapo laptop a lot of the time if I do need to refresh my memory by re-listening to a song I listen to it via these cheap laptop speakers and it is a really good test of how good how well a song holds up because it really strips away any of (laughs) the sort of production cheating like a really good deep bass sound or good crisp treble or anything so to get through here it has to be you know really quite good like say um, I Know What Boys Like by The Waitresses
0: (laughs) which still sounds great through those speakers but yeah yeah, the Jay rap it's no good either it's fucking um,
2: lame as shit and honest to god it sounds like
0: he is doing it to a different beat to the song yep. like it, yeah Like, yeah he's dialed that one in um 49 yeah. mil for Rihanna oh, no wow, surprise yeah. there she's got a fuckload lot of dudes 57 cents for this yeah that's a pretty sweet deal probably um look we know the song's about fucking under an umbrella Tom what are the lyrical highlights man she's worth 1.7 billion she doesn't need fucking
2: 49 cents from this she's gonna be piffing her CDs out the window into a waiting crowd absolutely yeah um Um, lyrically uh, the problem with the taxi club is that it does tend to lead to lyrics like this you have my heart and we'll never be worlds apart maybe in magazines but you'll still be my star baby because in the dark you can't see shiny cars that's not (laughs) that's not necessarily true either I think (laughs) Video director, direct, but... uh, the video director Chris Applebaum obviously took the job. Then heard the song and went, "Okay, close off and let's bust out the silver paint for this." <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, exactly. <laughs> can we get that made outfit any smaller? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Can we get it in, you know, a child size? Do so they make them? Um, also, but...
2: as you say, I mean, you can see shiny cars in the dark. Whatever that
0: has to yeah, be. Yeah, fuck. I don't know. You have no.
2: my heart, and will never be worlds apart. Maybe in magazines. What the fuck does that mean?
0: It's arty, Tom. It's not meant to mean anything. That's the whole... That's the point.
2: Written in 10 minutes. That's the taxi club. Written in 10 minutes, (laughs) indeed, indeed. I should be so lucky. Lucky, lucky, lucky.
0: Cool. All right. Well, up next, um, moving on to something significantly worse. uh, It's Fergie, solo, Tom. Big Girls Don't Cry. Now, could music get any worse than... The The Black black Eyed eyed (laughs) Peas. Well, it turns out it can when you split the members up and Uh, you get solo work from probably the lowest...
2: Yeah.
0: uh, I guess the least talented (laughs) and probably, you know shittiest element of said group so last
2: in first out so yeah so. definitely she's off on her own
0: yep she is she's doing a solo um, so it can't get much worse than this well it can because about a decade from now Fergie releases MILF money um, <laughs> which is about five tiers below this if you can believe that and this is fucking terrible so nine nine weeks Tom Ugh. did I get that correct at the start of that nine weeks um, what's wrong with people man I am starting to wonder myself seriously we're barely into the new millennium
2: And Australia's music taste seems to have plummeted from Kenny Bogan level down to Crazy Frog featuring Fergie in a matter of days. (laughs) What happened, Bill? Was it like 9-11? Did everyone just fucking lose their minds?
0: Oh, I've got no idea.
2: I suppose at least we weren't the Lone Ranger on this one. Yep. Uh, This was the third US number one from the same solo album, her first, which nobody had done since uh, Christina seven years earlier. Ah. The album was called The Duchess, because, of course, Fergie was also the name of Sarah Ferguson, one-time partner of Prince Andrew and Duchess of York, Ben, you see? Jesus. You see? You get the connection. Because if there's one thing more rock and roll than being the ex-backup singer of the Black Eyed Peas, it's being a cash-grabbing, narcissistic ranger who's never had a real job in her entire life, and he's solely famous for being briefly married to a pedophile. <laughs> So obviously, that's what you'd want to call your album after. You would definitely. Your first
0: solo album. You'd certainly be wanting to align yourself with that Prince Andrew yeah. train, without doubt. So this is an emotional acoustic ballad, um, which is different <laughs> from Fergie's that's usual work. one way of describing it. <laughs> uh, from the Black Eyed Peas. Now, it's, it's, it's really emotional um, in this. Fergie's going to miss the dude she's breaking up with like a child misses a blanket. Mm, Now, mm. that is very deep. Just makes Um, me think of Linus for peanuts, really. Yeah, children do miss (laughs) blankets, don't they? Um, And Fergie's going to miss the boyfriend much like that child missing the blanket, which begs the question, why is she breaking up with him in the first place? If she's going to miss him Mm. as much as, if not more so than a child... Would miss a blanket, then <laughs> perhaps they need to stay, you know, keep the relationship yes. going, Tom. So, um, look, the breakup seems to be part because a boyfriend, who's played by the dude who played Rocky Balboa Jr. <laughs> in the film Rocky Balboa. <laughs> okay. Um, easily the best in the series, Tom. Um, that Rocky Balboa one, <laughs> I think the sixth, seventh, I can't remember. Um, he's selling drugs. In the video clip to this, so uh, Fergie's love interest. Okay. And she's not impressed. That. So Fergie is okay with taking drugs, <laughs> just not okay with a fictional boyfriend in the music video for this song selling them. I hope you're not suggesting that someone who pisses themselves live on stage during a concert isn't
2: taking drugs. Before. No, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't. That's well, uh, drawing, drawing. This was uh, drawing, uh, produced by Will I Am. Uh, a man who knows much about lo fi acoustic rock ballads as I know about hot gluing some fridge parts to a secondhand DeLorean and pretending to start an automotive production legacy. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're wondering how we got that real authentic, you know, white stripe style, you know, lo fi valve amplifier sound, yeah, it was that. that's uh, Will I Am's handiwork.
0: Yeah, look, apart from the Rocky Balboa um, dude. <laughs> being her boyfriend in this and selling drugs. Um, her backing band in the music video <laughs> looked like an off-brand sublime. Sure. They just look terrible. I mean, it's sort of, oh, we're going to do an acoustic ballad, yep. Fergie. How are you doing? Yeah, we're definitely going to need a do with a fucking mohawk on this <laughs> in the music video. It's no milk money, I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> no. Much like Shakira's uh, Underneath Your Clothes video <laughs> or Beyonce's All Groove... G- all-girl group The Sugar Mummers from uh, Irreplaceable. Yeah. It sort of looks like the vision of an alien whose entire knowledge of what a rock group looks like comes from the bar band in the background of a Fast and the Furious scene set in a truck stop before Dwayne Johnson kicks Jason Statham through the drum kit. I'm saying that it's ridiculous, Ben. That's what yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. As with Shakira, nothing anyone is doing matches anything you're actually hearing yeah. in the band, like particularly Fergie's vocals, which have been fed through Brian Adams' patented 80s auto-erotic asphyxiation filter. So it sounds like she's being slowly strangled to death while singing. But yeah, it's a, it's a really bizarre choice. I don't know what brand of authenticity they think they're getting through, but whoever... Whoever they imagine that they look like, it's clearly coming through the same imagination of whoever designed the production outfits for, you know, Hinder. Yeah. In their single,
0: maybe Fergie. That kid
2: Stone video, where just it's just like they've just picked bits from other bands yeah. and just
0: pasted them on top. Look, it's quite, maybe Fergie had just seen Sublime at like <laughs> a music festival or something, and said, "Let's try and do that." Sublime so. are way too authentic for this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's true I think Sublime may have actually taken drugs at some
0: point yeah. the backing band in this I don't know if you saw that um, Machine Gun Kelly doing that System oh of a Down cover during, uh, <laughs> recently but um, looks like the backing band from that where dudes that are just like you know forced to be Machine Gun Kelly's backing <laughs> band like oh uh, Fuck, it's a job, I guess. They need the money. I need need to make rent this month. I'll go and do this. And then it's just fucking awful. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Now, Fergie herself claims that the hardest thing she ever had to quit was not the boyfriend in this song, Mm. Tom, but meth. Wow, I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's unsurprising that Fergie was addicted to meth. That part doesn't surprise me at all. The surprising thing is that her meth addiction predates her time in the Black Eyed Peas. (laughs) Um, I just assumed that uh, she was on drugs the entire time she was in this group. It's um, what Fergie says. It's the drug that's addicting, but it's why you start doing it in the first place. It's interesting. A lot of it was being a child actor. I learned to suppress feelings. Now, Tom Fergie was a child actor. Um, she was a Kids Incorporated regular from 1984 through 1989, along with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back at that, as long uh, you know, as all of her other roles as well, you know, to try and pinpoint yeah. perhaps that sort of drug taking where that came from. For me, it wasn't difficult to see where she was exposed to and became addicted to meth. Uh, it was around the time she was 19 in 1995 when she had a one-episode arc playing Christie on California Dreams. Mm. So she got mixed up with those surf dudes with attitudes. And if you've ever seen Point Break, you know that some of those surf dudes with attitudes are bad hombres, to use the vernacular of a former president of the United States of America. Now, the seedy underbelly of Hollywood. Fergie wanted to be a child actor. She wanted to be the next Drew Barrymore or Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. She gets a one-episode guest spot on California Dreams with Matt, Jenny, Sly, Tiffany, Tony, Jake. She's also an aspiring singer. Maybe she thought she could get the chance to join the band, be part of the <laughs> California Dreams. And all she ended up with was a crystal meth addiction. It's, it's a, a story as old as time. It's common
2: tale, isn't yep. it? I mean, I was, never heard about this, but... Knowing the the era in which she was a child actor, I did find myself thinking, you know, props to Fergie... getting in early on the meth bandwagon yeah absolutely in 1995 most teens I knew were still trying to source some euphoria before (laughs) the inevitable realisation that that was an imaginary drug invented by the writers of Beverly Hills 90210 (laughs) for that episode where Brandon gets a root on the hood of his car yeah absolutely by the
0: time they found out they'd missed out on any chance of becoming meth addicts yeah do you reckon but is it sometimes like that where they come up with that fake drug and then it becomes real like (laughs) later on down the track like you've seen um the, probably one of the finest films of all time, the Dolph Lundgren vehicle showdown in Little Tokyo. I have. Um, you may recall <laughs> that the drug that they're distribute not that, you know, Dolph and Brandon Lee, who are cops who have to take down the, the Yakuza who are mm. selling drugs, I believe. Um, the drug that they're dealing is called ice.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um,
0: and you go, it's a made-up drug, <laughs> but then you fast forward, mm. you know, a couple of decades, and the next thing you know, it's it's ravaging. The rural towns of Australia, really Tom. Is. So that's obviously just a rebranding <laughs> of methamphetamines, but anyway, it's okay. Yeah. Um, one other question, Tom, I think I should ask because I don't know whether we'll get to talk much about, well, there's 400 Black Eyed Pea songs coming <laughs> up, spoiler <laughs> alert. But do you think, does Fergie have that MILF money talking about mm. that song? Where, you know, on a classy scale, from extremely unclassy to exceptionally classy, where does wearing a skin-tight, slippery-when-wet boob tube and pouring a litre of milk over your tits fall, do you think? (laughs) Well, I
2: tend to think that if you went through
0: Hollywood as a C-list, meth-addicted
2: child star Hmm. and survived to be a MILF or even a MIRT, then you're probably grateful to have nice, cool, calcium-enriched tits instead of finding out what happens to one of Corey Feldman's angels after he's (laughs) shown you the King of Pop altar in his (laughs) sub-basement. That's true. I'd go with the, you know, slightly chilled boobs,
0: I think. Yeah, I think so. Look, um, and that is a fair point. Uh, her music is, is terrible. I mean, it's it's um, you know objectively awful. But uh, for someone that did have a meth addiction, um, yeah, she seems to be holding up okay.
2: Yeah, as child stars go, to get a second chance at a career, yep. you know, even if it's as some weird, not very good pop star, you'd be happy as Larry, wouldn't you?
0: Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. So look, Fergie herself has ten million listeners on Spotify. And that's Mm. separate from her work in the Black Eyed Peas. That's a lot. 84 cents, nine weeks for this, which is insane. Lyrics, what do you got? Uh,
2: This is written by Fergie and Toby Gad, co-author of If I Was a Boy, Big Girls Don't Cry, Lolita for the Veronicas, Bitch I'm Madonna for Madonna, Mm. SEX for Madonna, and clearly a bit of a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sadly, he seems to have left all that energy in the red room for this one because it's boring as shit. Yeah. Uh, I hope you know. I hope you know that this has nothing to do with you. It's personal. Me, myself, and I. We've got some straightening out to do, and I'm going to miss you like a child misses their blanket. But I've got to get a move on with my life. Yep. That's right, Ben. Fergie and the Gadmeister have managed to take three verses three choruses and four minutes of your life to say it's not you it's me yep. a five word excuse for dumping someone so hacky that Seinfeld was taking the piss out of it in 1993 yeah. so. apparently they thought mm, we need another bite of that fucking cherry so <laughs> you we go four minutes
0: of your life fucking hell yeah look trash Trash, trash. Speaking of trash, um, Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girls, five weeks of that. So I'd completely forgotten that this existed, probably because it's hot garbage. Um, It sounds like it was recorded in 1962, and I've always hated a throwback, but (laughs) something I hate more than anything is when someone's like, oh, let's just do some some of that 60s sound. And then people will be like, this doesn't... Oh, this stands out, not because it's good, but because... Orally, it sounds different yeah. to the other things that are happening at the time. So people are like, oh, I like that different sort of thing. And it's like, well, it's just from a, a different era. If you're it's recombining it or if you're adding something new to it, oh, that's of course. different. But yeah. yeah, just, you know. As we talked about like with Kanye um, and and uh, Jamie Foxx the other week, obviously Gold Digger, a great song where they've taken the samples from a different era added in some new beats, added in some new lyrics, done something different, combined the old and the new to create new music, which is what, you know, the best sampling based music does. Take something from the Moby's
2: play album. (laughs)
0: Moby's play (laughs) album. Or Moby's grunge album that I also (laughs) champion. But this is just so directly from where the fuck the, did Sean Kingston came from I think uh, at the
2: back of my mind for a long time I thought he had something to do with Shaggy but yeah. no, I, I think I, maybe it was just that they both came from the same place oh uh, look possibly? I think
0: he might be he, I think he's from Jamaica I, I, think, I, think, I think he, he is. is but look he was discovered on YouTube which at the time was a novelty as we've so. said this year and the last year yep. it's like this is when getting yep. discovered on YouTube started that used to is, be newsworthy yeah. if, yes. if, if someone got a record Deal off the back of a song on YouTube, it would be like yeah big news like like you said they, they found this
2: guy whole, on YouTube. That whole fucking flowers in your hair song by yep. Sandy
0: Tom was pitched of the fake story that yep. she'd been a viral success off yep. YouTube. You know exactly off uh, web video for sure. So that was that. Whereas nowadays it's just like oh we found them on YouTube. It's like yeah where else are you gonna yeah, find show them? show me when that counter's got three commas in it. Yeah exactly. And then we'll, yeah, I'll um, tell you that being I'm a, um, being an A and R guy, it's not about going out to, you know, the shows and watching, no. you know, going to five band nights a night a week and watching all the bands and, you know, making notes and checking the shit out. It's just jump onto YouTube, see which kid has heaps of views and comments That's and then right. just rock onto that. So, you yep. get
2: yourself, you earn, you get a hundred million yep. fans on your own and then bring them
0: to me and i think about paying you for sure so he was discovered um, on YouTube as a rapper but ended up doing this doo-wop bullshit or um, what's uh, what what, um, did Eamon call it (laughs) ho-wop ho-wop is this ho-wop or playboy rap possibly (laughs) yeah look
2: look I'd hate to hear his raps because he's about as good at singing as I am at getting shot by 50 cent yeah he can't pronounce the word beautiful or the word girl for a start which is a slight impediment in a song called beautiful girl that is a problem yeah yeah I mean it didn't stop Alex Perry doing an ad for prescription classes where he can't pronounce the word prescription yeah
0: but he only says that four times in the 30 second ad this is a full song (laughs) yeah exactly you know so no I completely agree. If you're going if you can't say the word beautiful and that's fine, you know, if you're an adult that can't say that word, you know, maybe you have a brain injury or you're, you know in a car accident or something, that's fine. I'm not judging, but maybe don't just call you, you know, like delightful girls or glorious <laughs> girls or lovely girls. Just call it a different name. Mm. If you can't say girls, just call it um lovely hoes or something like that Be- you know I think great, that's an Eamon song Great Bitches yeah <laughs> so the song is based around uh, the bassline riff from Benny King's Stand By Me uh, yes. and was written by 16 year old Sean Kinks in a couple of hours Taxi Tom. Club now eh. the lyrics describe the feeling of being a teenage boy when he's dumped by his girlfriend do fantastic. they? Let's say that they well, do. Well, let's say that they do. Um, <laughs> but here's a question, though: When they say he wrote this, did he really write this, or did he just sing some words over a pre-existing song? Yeah, because I mean, I this think is a the question. We could apply, is just, but... sort of. I uh, listened to this and just went: yeah. did, How much of this did he write? I know it's like Fuck a more, lot of this that we've it, Maybe through. the lyrics, but they're about as original as. Um, yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Also,
2: no. they're not as good as the original anyway. No. Yeah, exactly. You might
0: I mean, you might think,
2: if you don't, haven't heard this, you might think from what we've said that a 1961 soul classic based on a Negro spiritual, based on a psalm, might not be the best fit for a 2007 hip-hop tinged pop song. Yep. And you might be completely correct, as this sounds like hot ballsack, and that's no fault of the original, which has been covered more than 400 times yep. by... Different artists making this the 400th best version, yeah. just above the crazy for Nokia remix and the Fergie version. <laughs> uh, a lot of people may, need to do one. You know, <laughs> if
0: they've touched it. Something. A
2: lot of people may know this from the uh, Stephen King movie *Stand by Me*, in which it's the, the song obviously oh, the yeah, Piers, which is named after that song. But yeah, so it was a, a hit in his childhood, which is the era being lazily evoked in the video for this one you might think I'm being unfair but to quote from an annotation clearly written by Kingston himself in his own Wikipedia page the song sold more than 2 million ringtones in the US alone <laughs> which might sound like a bit of a boast if you hadn't just heard that Kinder sold 3, three million, million ringtones 3 million ringtones yeah. As we've conclusively proved in this podcast, Ben, uh, the Venn diagram of people who pay money for ringtones and people with musical taste looks like one circle because the other circle is pinned to a door in Luxembourg on the opposite side of the fucking planet. It's quite some distance away, yes. isn't it? So. God Almighty. So, what the fuck did this guy go on to do? Because I had to, like, you
0: had to really stretch my memory to even remember who this guy was. Well, Tom, he's done sweet fuck all since this, mm. um, and yeah, I when I when the name popped up, I was like, oh yeah, yep.
2: Kingston's remember remember the song? Oh no, remember Hang the on. song? The Can't remember
0: anything he's done since. <laughs> so, I, I tried to find some more info about him, but look, he did a duet with Flo Rida. Uh, he did yes. a duet with Nicki Minaj. Yeah, but even with those high pro, some of the best <laughs> in the business. Even with those names attached, he wasn't able to get those songs mm. over into, you know, charting hit territory, even with a big name. So made me think that uh Sean Kingston was probably the weak link. Because yeah. it's not Flow Rider, he's not the weak link. <laughs> it's not Nicki Minaj, she's not the weak link. So it must be Sean Kingston. Yes, but-
2: well in this song the song is not the weak link, it's him, definitely. Yeah. oh, for sure. Everything
0: that's been added to it that isn't the original yeah. is the weak part of the song. So I tried to find out, Tom, it's sort of like no one just disappears overnight, you know, for no reason, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you can release a few songs and they might not go well, but maybe even then, off the success of this song, you per- could perhaps tour or do whatever, but I haven't heard from him for a while, so had to do some research and look... It's, it's a bit sad, Tom. Um, his downfall is unfortunately a story as old as time. Um, mm. In 2011, while in Miami on holiday, Kingston was in a jet ski accident. <laughs> so I think that put him out of action for a while. He joined that, that tragic club of the tragic rock stars club. Yep. who get into yep. jet ski yep. accidents in, in Miami, accidents. Florida. Um, he didn't die. He just um, <laughs> never recorded anything else after that, I think. In 2011, sorry, 2021, November, so only a few months ago, um, Kingston allegedly punched a video director and pulled a gun on him inside his home in Los Angeles. So wow. He's, um, I can only assume that uh, Sean Kingston discovered the dude had
2: previously directed Pumps and a Bump for him. <laughs> yeah, Emo. no doubt. I'm not sure if it's the same director who did this video... Uh, the punch possibly so because in it Sean Kingston looks acts dresses and sings like the titular character from the live action Fat Albert and the Cosby kids movie. it's also set in some ersatz 1950s fucking diner and as Generation X who grew up drenched in boomer pop culture I would happily never hear or see anything else about 1950s Americana for the rest of my fucking life happy days can take a day to happily lick these nuts in The only good thing about 1950s music was that, unlike this song, they
0: didn't have fucking auto-tune back then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, look, I find it hard to get nostalgic for an era that I never lived in. So, But oh, Sean Kingston, God who was morning. born in 1990, <laughs> um, has decided to, to go back to the good old days of 1952, America, despite the fact that he's actually from... Jamaica, I believe, mm. or the Bahamas. I can't it's, recall which one, but... Yeah, look, it's terrible. It doesn't even suit the original song. The original song doesn't even suit that shit. Anymore. No, exactly. Look, he's still got 11 million listeners on Spotify, which I imagine Holy is exclusively this song ending up on some <laughs> worst of 2000s playlist <laughs> or some bullshit. Yeah. Terrible. Um, and this would cost you 17 cents, which is, I think, probably about what it deserves. Anything else, Tom? What do you got for me?
2: Uh, lyrically... Uh, Now we're fussing and now we're fighting Please tell me why I'm feeling slighted And I don't know how to make it better You're dating other guys You're telling me lies Oh, I can't believe what I'm seeing with my eyes I'm losing my mind And I don't think it's clever Well, you're right It's fucking mediocre as hell I feel even sorrier for whichever half-dead slaves Came up with this original song Just so this pudding-eating coik Could bend over and take a dump on it With whatever the fuck this song is like, Ben, does this even mean that, you know, does this mean that Sean Kingston supports slavery? I think it does. Slavery is as yeah. he would pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, I think
0: it does. Look, i, I that's what I took away from the mm. song, Tom. So, I um,
2: mean, if he doesn't, he certainly profited directly from it, I believe. You oh, know, for sure. It's a
0: straight line. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely right. So he, he is, he can, that house that he, oh my, he pulled that gun on, mm. that's effectively bought, from slavery, I would That's suggest right. so. Should be ashamed of himself, I think. So I won't be supporting him anymore, Tom, in his future endeavours. <laughs> I'll say that right now. I won't be listening to him on Spotify. So um, I, what when I had to listen to this song um, for research, Tom, I didn't want to listen to it on Spotify because I knew <laughs> that he would get some mm. money off this. So I had to go that and point zero zero three yeah, cents. To so had to go and find um, <laughs> uh, the single and mm-hmm. then asked the, the shop, the op shop, if they'd put it on for me so I could listen to it there. So that's how I heard it. So um, to the detriment of everyone else <laughs> in the shop at the time. But, Sorry,
2: I might have got a bit carried away with the massive level of shitness of this song. This year has been a tough one. Yeah, it has been tough. But
0: look, don't worry, it's getting better next. Um, Delta Goodrum, <laughs> In This Life, for one week. So God. more weak shit from Delta, Tom. More now, weak shit. this is an eighth number one single.
1: If you can Mm. believe
0: that. And her first one was only a couple couple of years ago. So she's pumped out eight in a very short period of time. Now, Tom, to be fair, this is slightly less boring than most of the others, yes. you know, over But that's like saying Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 is less boring than Twilight <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part 2. It really is much of a muchness. I'm a big Part 2 man. You myself. are? Okay. But, yeah. Fair enough. Uh,
2: yeah, no, it sounds like they've tried to turn this into more of a power ballad than her usual plunky nonsense. Yeah. And it sounds like she's trying to do something a bit more interesting with her voice, maybe? Yeah. She's, like, occasionally reaching for some sort of Alanis-ish edginess and... A hint of a sort of theatrical voice to uh, to what she's singing. I mean, does it work? Well, yes, in the sense that it's a bit more interesting than our usual songs. Yep. And no, in the sense that it still lacks the musical heft and thematic gravitas of, say, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> yeah, look, but, you know, the slight improvement in range of production might be explained by two additional American songwriters and producer John Shanks, yep. who's worked with Miley Cyrus, Hilary Duff, Sheryl Crow, Alanis herself and Keith Urban. Ooh. So he has a lot of experience with buffing turds to a high <laughs> sheen. You know, he's got a special collection of chamois that are very good at it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Look, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, um, it does seem to have something more and it is it's got more power oh, just
2: compared to the previous six of her
0: fucking songs the, that the rest are done. just boring piano ballads just attempts to do some power so in this life though Tom it's been used uh, in Qantas frequent flyer advertisements. Oh, okay. and musically the song's about as interesting <laughs> as a frequent flyer <laughs> program so mm. good music Tom like Qantas can transport you somewhere else somewhere exciting and this song transports me to uh, Meadow Muse Baker's Delight wow. so I think that's sort of the vibe I I'm really getting off this one
2: have you heard the news what is it? no about the meadow muse
0: no uh, okay <laughs> sorry no it was just the song <laughs> have you heard the news about the, the meadow muse um the video premiered on 31st of august 2007 on the tv program sunrise where all good mm. music videos should premiere the video has been criticized for being quote too basic <laughs> As it's just a white background with her sitting on a chair. And yeah, to be fair, this is real basic bitch shit. It's so so they decided to make a new video for the American audience, um, which is a piano on a beach. Mm. Um, I guess it's better in the sense that Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 <laughs> is better than Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. But I, I know, I know you're a Part <laughs> 2 man, Tom. I think that's unnecessary anyway, because
2: frankly... Delta on a white piano against a white background in a white dress is probably the most appropriate video possible for this. Yeah. I don't know why they were upset, really. It would only be more fitting if she was also eating a huge bowl of vanilla ice cream while downloading the latest episode of Survivor and asking to speak to the manager. <laughs> I mean, it's just why you would bother to you know, uh, put her on a beach. like No one's fooled with that shit.
0: Oh, absolutely right. Look, after the dog shit previous album titles, Innocent Eyes... And mistaken identity, but fucking awful. Delta decided to just call her third album Delta, uh, a self-titled, which is wise, if not boring, (laughs) but on brand for Delta, I would suggest. So in between album number one and album number two, she did a song for the 2006 Commonwealth Games. And yes, it is a weak as shit piano ballad, <laughs> um, so completely on brand for Delta. It's no fucking Bound for Glory, I'll tell you that. <laughs> was that a Commonwealth Games song? At yeah, one was, time? yeah. <laughs> okay. I think para,
2: para, Paralympics or oh, para okay. Commonwealth
0: Games song, Bound well, for well, Glory. She was
2: definitely 15 years ahead of her time with the album title for this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. So the follow-up single Believe Again only made it to number two, thank fuck, so enough don't have to talk about it. Um, it did see an updating of her sound in the sense that it incorporated a weak-ass dance beat to it um, <laughs> but look at um, least she was trying to mix it up a little bit slightly um, you know it does suck though so get me wrong <laughs> lyrics what do you got
2: um, as I said earlier this was written by Delta two yanks you've never heard of and her then partner Brian McFadden aka the guy from Westlife oh, who fuck. isn't Roman Keating or the other three <laughs> yeah. or the four who are in it now did you know that Westlife are still pinching off albums a bit? Yeah, I did know that. They yeah. broke up and then they reformed in 2018. Yep. That means Westlife is now 24 years of age and, ironically, far too old to be listening to Westlife. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, lyrically, um, I was put here for a reason. I was born into this world and I'm living and I'm believing that I was meant to be your girl in this life, in this life. I know I'm not the world's most stringent feminist, but surely there's more to life than being anyone's fucking partner. It's just like those mad American Christians that sign abstinence contracts with their dad and spend the horniest years of humanity edging themselves until they finally meet the one great true love of their life who, by an astonishing coincidence, attends the exact same Midwestern evangelical college that they do. Then they get married at 21, promising God their parents and everyone they know that this love will last well beyond the boundaries of mere space and time. And then finally realise that sex with another virgin is not some sort of magical heavenly superglue that bonds a relationship together into an infinite afterlife. It's a bit more like some strages sticking two pages of a magazine together. Yep. You know, pretty clingy, sure, but not exactly something you'd
0: build a hang glider out of, I don't think. <laughs> Look, it's fair enough, exactly. Look, um... I don't know whether you should um, save yourself for Jesus and then not go through with it all the way, I think. So I think that's where, where you're going with that. That's right. I believe, right. Tom. So, yeah. Don't tell me Jesus didn't play the field before he got nailed to a tree. Oh, Jesus Christ. He, he was around with prostitutes all the time. Fucking banging chicks. If there was one thing left, he loved, right it was center. rubbing scented oil onto some prostitutes.
2: Oh, for don't sure. Don't tell me that never got out of hand, especially after he had turned all the liquid in the house into red wine. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, what what do you, what do you think he did with all that myrrh and frankincense? I'm who was... saying that Jesus was the Michael Hutchins of his day and that Dogs in Space was a thinly veiled biblical allegory. Yeah, look, I think Michael Jackson... Um, sorry. <laughs> 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 Michael Hutchins... Sorry. Michael Jackson definitely wasn't the was Jesus of, of his, his day. He was a Pontius Pilate Yeah, no, I think that's a fair assessment. Jesus probably was the Michael Hutchins of his day, I, I would mm. suggest. So, for sure, um, I completely agree. I think agree. Michael Hutchins certainly thought he was the Jesus of his day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> By the way,
2: he looked at reflective surfaces. <laughs> anyway. Okay, what have we got next?
0: Um. Oh, real quick 800k for Delta three dollars for this three. all these Delta singles seem to 800k is not bad for a hold, hold their hold their value so people must still be in the market for Delta CD yeah. singles so yeah Um. up next Timberland featuring Kerry Hilson The Way I Are mm,
2: you know what I'm going to put uh, my hand up and say I think this is my favourite song of the year so far
0: yeah look it's 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 faint praise Tom but correct it is, faint it is good yeah.
2: so. I mean it's this versus fucking evermore so. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, two weeks for this so hot off uh, sexy back Timberland gets his own number one ah uh, yes he produced that didn't he I forgot about that so yeah. look, listening to this I, I feel like this could have almost been the mm. Justin Timberlake song from that future sound sex like, whatever the fuck it's yeah. called era so yeah. obviously knew what he was doing what was doing he was working with he produced that yeah, yeah Timbaland yeah produced that a lot of sh- a lot of songs off that album thought hey why don't I just keep one for myself so that's what he's done as i said similar to that um but with Kerry Hilson doing like the JT bit the bit he probably yes. get JT to do he's got her in to do it and then uh Timbaland does the it sort look. of sexy vocal exactly vir- uh, right. chorus. yeah now Timberland has produced over 100 songs that have charted on the Billboard charts. So yeah. power to him. That's insane. Like That's that. a lot of songs.
2: Like I said, I really like this song. Like, it's a club song, but it's got great production. It does have You'd great production. You'd expect that from an A-list producer, but it's not guaranteed, as several of the songs we've discussed no. <laughs> should theoretically be well produced, but they do not hold up particularly well.
0: But yeah, like, you can dance to this. It's got fun sort of techno EDM elements. Yeah, definitely that the sort of... Um, not, not really the bass line, is it? Yeah, it's got that sort of flanging sort of yeah, yeah sort of yeah.
2: That's yeah. Hilson's really vocals you in your JT role are it? great. I reckon she's more fun to listen to than JT. Yeah, yeah. There's two separate fun cheeseball rap breaks, <laughs> there are, yeah, <laughs> completely unnecessary, but at least they sound like they're. Having fun, unlike Jay-Z, who sounds like he's on the other end of a long-distance phone call. Yeah, he really phoned that one in. And definitely. the bottom end sounds fucking rad coming out of a huge sound system, because I remember this from nightclubs, like, you know. Yeah. I know I said that was cheating earlier, but, yeah. If it sounds good from this shitty laptop, then, you
0: know, in a nightclub, it bangs. Yeah. So, Pharrell is uh, Timberland's cousin,
2: did not know that yeah so they're related
0: so do you think on Christmas Day Pharrell shows up with a number one music producer shirt and then Timberland's like fuck that and then you know there's a few punches after the turkey's been carved or something so because that's sort of uh, you know both of them have produced a lot of hits they're both great they producers have. they're both yeah. great rappers so a bit of, bit of family rivalry there I imagine oh man look if you've seen Pharrell on a skateboard
2: wearing a giant cartoon Mountie hat you
0: know that that's a dude who could fuck you up
2: <laughs> Honestly, actually, I looked up I didn't I wasn't aware of that, so I looked it up. I was hoping I might find some beef on the internet, but yeah. it was they were just depressingly supportive and not, and happy with each other, so the really well, it, I they I really didn't find it. In fact they were kind of self effacing, like it sounds like in interviews people would often say to them oh I see like your cousins doing really well at the moment just hoping that they'd come out with something but then
0: they always just say no good on him great they're excellent good luck to him I think um, lesser fuckwits would really want to get drawn into that yes, like sort yes, of a so Noel Gallagher Liam yeah, Gallagher type oh what he's done this but I think because they're both so successful they're obviously very comfortable with their own yeah that's right like, that's right yeah man he's had heaps of hits good on him and if know, there's there's room by. for two of them like it's not a zero oh, or yeah. something they're <laughs> doing not, like Exactly. different stuff. it's not like they're both quarterbacks on opposing <laughs> football teams no and one always no. wins and one always loses everyone can win in yeah the same and it's time. not
2: 1983 where only one black person at a time is allowed to appear on MTV exactly. in
0: the entire country so um, yeah so this is a big hit there uh, Timberland had his first mainstream breakthrough with a Genuine Pony oh that's which is uh, how many chicks do you think lost their virginity to that song <laughs> like a fucking lot I think a few people lost their virginity just listening to that yeah, song on so, their absolutely. own like, <laughs> It's like Look, a Jesus um, type situation. Actually, maybe not, Tom. I, I probably shouldn't say that because the lyrics are quite subtle. True. If you're horny, let's do it. Ride it, my pony, my saddle's waiting, come jump on it. So, um, and what I love about that song, I do find it, it's obviously a fucking banger, but I do find it refreshing as most rap is all about, you know, how boasting, how rich you are, you know, how many chicks you get, you know, all the diamonds you've got, how big your dick is, but Genuine's happy to refer to his penis as his pony. Not a raging stallion, but a two inch pony, so... Power to him for bringing some much-needed honesty to the rap game. I think so. That's yeah.
2: true. It made me wonder if was Jinky Wine perhaps the first Brony Ben? No. maybe. <laughs> have people forgotten what Bronies were already? They may have. He certainly <laughs> seems to be sexually excited at the thought of boning a small, colourful horse. Yeah. I mean, this may explain what he's been doing for the last 15 years. Genuine, yeah. Just braiding manes, attending very select gatherings of men in brightly coloured plush fabrics and plastic hooves. Yeah. Some call it clop, Ben. (laughs) That's an internet term. (laughs) I call it polyester bestiality, and I doubt that Delta would approve. Yeah, yeah. I hear she once ate a piece of fairy bread by accident, assuming it was her normal mayonnaise sandwich on white oh. and had to be taken to Piano Ballet Hospital,
1: yeah. where
2: all the windows are permanently open so the curtains can blow free, Nobody wears shoes and everyone dies of hypothermia at age 32. Sorry, I got <laughs> a bit fun, distracted yeah. there by <laughs> Um Okay, sorry. Um, um, I was what's... just going to say, uh, the music video for this song, did you see that? Did oh, you actually yeah. watch it? Yep. There's a couple of different versions, but they're basically the same thing. I I tripped over this. I thought you might think this was funny. The music video for the song was directed by a guy called Shane Drake and was filmed in the UK. Drake said, I like to tell stories with my videos, and Timberland's video is, new video is going to be unlike any other. He's selling it. <laughs> Utilising the tools of incendiary cinematography and fierce lighting schemes, I plan to sculpt an edgy masterpiece, oozing with style and impact. With each rhythmic pulse and beat, we will time crafty edits, sharp as tacks and smooth as steel. This video is going to be an artistic expression of Timberland's music. As an added element of force and velocity, we will follow Timberland as he cruises around the city. From the colours, to the wardrobe, to the edits, we will craft a slick masterpiece that defies genre and truly defines cool, and will show off Timberland in a super music video. (laughs) Now, maybe he's thinking of a different video because the only thing defined in the one I saw is the answer to the question, what if I convinced the whole posse to stand in a sewer all night (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> While a few no-name dildos in office wear play hacky sack with a yeah. soccer ball. Because yeah. that is literally the only thing that happens in this video. They just, it's like they tried to walk through a sewer tunnel, came up to a grate and the director went, that's about good enough. That's, just yeah. stand there. Here's a blue light. Do the entire song. And then these chuds behind them are just kicking a soccer ball at <laughs> Uh,
0: that's it That's a great quote Because it sounds like He said that before Anything had been filmed I know. I know You watch it and go This just seems to be Like a pretty stock standard If anything Below Below par Below yeah, this, par. this song deserves That fucking Um
2: Avril Levine video looks at like it cost 20 times yeah. more. That that had background extras and sets and costumes and shit.
0: Dare I Jesus say, him's get stoned is better than that. And that involves a dude <laughs> yes. with a scarf by mm. a pool. Going that at round. least had a giant fake house. And
2: yeah, it did. I had to ring up the guy from um, fucking... <clears throat>
0: from the Dandy Warhols and asked to borrow his entire outfit and haircuts. <laughs> exactly. The exactly, for sure. Hey, how you doing, bro? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Can I get your entire look and image? So, well, But won't people get us confused? No, no, because your music's half decent, whereas mine's <laughs> a pile of steaming shite. <laughs> Terrible, exactly. Um, do you reckon... Uh, if they did, obviously there was um, that that documentary, Dig, with Brian Jonestown Massacre. <laughs> I still Massacre. haven't seen that. Oh, I've got to watch one that. One of the finest music video documentaries ever made. It's great. So, um, yeah, obviously Brian Jonestown Massacre and Danny Warhols. If they were to make that with Hinder, who would be the Hinder sister band, <laughs> do you think? like
2: a, Oh, the up-and-coming one who yeah. who take would over. Like
0: Lifehouse or something?
2: <laughs> I was going to say Nickelback, but it'd yeah. be, that'd be back in time. Yeah. It? The sad part is, I know that out there somewhere is a band who wants to be the next Hinder
0: oh, know, trying
2: really hard. I hope you so. You I hope so. God, it's like—have you seen the decline and fall of Western civilization, part two? The the metal one, the glam metal. Yes, years? yeah. Yep. That's yep. like that. It's like these. It's like that that very arse end of the glam metal era, yeah. And it's these teenagers who want to be the next. You know, uh, poison who wanted to be the next rat, who wanted to be the next. You know, and it just goes back to right back at the start. There's a couple of sort of actual original interesting. Yeah, because I think like just...
0: um, a couple of guys from Kiss are in it. At least, um, yeah. yeah, at least one of them is. So, yeah, not Gene <laughs> yeah. Simmons, but I think like. And you know. they
2: were a fucking cash grab. They just did it first back oh, at the Oh, exactly. Start.
1: Exactly. They basically right.
2: entire owe their entire career to their this one gay hairdresser who said, "Hey, you should do face makeup." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like
0: they got them over, over the top.
2: Yeah. So
0: no, exactly right so it's
2: it's sort of you can only copy the same thing so many times
0: yeah Yeah. for sure but look um, guitar music's probably going to make a comeback I'm predicting oh
2: yeah it's about due for a comeback and 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 singer-songwriters
0: will come back again it'll all cycle back around it always does Um, so look we talked about obviously Timberland and and, um, Pharrell so Timberland has worked with so many great Stars oh, over you. the years, obviously yeah. JT, this himself here. He's produced over a hundred songs that have made it into the Billboard charts. Um and with all the hits he's had, with all the success that he has had, one song he didn't work on, and that his cousin Pharrell did, was one of the best songs of the nineties, Rex and Effect Rump Shaker. <laughs> now if I know Timberland, which I don't, then I know that this still haunts him, haunts him, <laughs> and that Pharrell. You know, probably holds it over him all the time. You know, oh, I had another number one hit, and he's like, "Well, you know, Rump Shaker, etc." And, and look, I me, be were the beats like sweeter than candy.
2: But yeah, deep down, Timberland knows that they weren't no they weren't for, sweeter than candy. No
0: doubt, I completely agree, and I think Timberland's nightmares are soundtracked by that <laughs> opening saxophone.
1: <laughs> do, 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 do
0: all I want to do is go zoom zoom he just hears that over and over I didn't know Pharrell was involved in that. he I, must have been about 14 <laughs> he when wasn't very old very yeah. Jesus. he wrote um, I don't think he did any production on that but he wrote one of the rap verses <laughs> so apparently, apparently the very first was song. he on the speedboat
2: though
0: oh, <laughs> I hope so I love, he was driving it I so. love
2: that bit in the video it's, I yeah. just watched that recently because of this thing but yeah. like It's like they wanted to... They're on the beach, and then it's like they wanted to have the sexy I'm on a boat and be now familiar to any rap video aficionado, except they could only afford a fairly small speedboat. So you've got one guy driving the boat, so you can fit about maybe 10 people, but they can only stand upright, and they're so squashy that they can't even really
0: dance. Nah, they're just jammed in there (laughs) as tight as they can get, so... (laughs) That's a great music video. So, look, we've talked a lot about Timberland, um, but remember, he's only one half of this. We've also got Mm. Kerry Hilson, who's doing the Vox on this. There's a few other people, too, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is her only number one single as either a featured artist or a solo artist. Um, Mm. And if the hits do not keep coming, then unfortunately, Tom, you need to get the money from somewhere else. Uh, And under the personal life section on Wikipedia is one sentence... In 2011, Hilson posted nude for the May issue of a Lua magazine. Mm. So I'm not sure what happened there, whether, you know, the money dried up after the royalties from this hit single. Needs the cash, a Lua's thrown her a bone, and she's got the cans out. So... A sounds like one of your classier ones, though. At least she's not posing for,
2: you know gaping holes
0: yeah oh, that's true exactly yep. <laughs> for sure banged up bitches or something <laughs> like that so um, in January 2010 she teamed up with Akon for the charity <laughs> single <laughs> Oh Africa <laughs> which I believe was raising funds uh, to commence construction on Akon City, a mm, worthy cause, I still, think so.
2: Still waiting their first, first uh, shovel to be yeah, pushed into the exactly. dirt. exactly. But look, road.
0: her her altruistic arc is particularly interesting, Tom. So mm. obviously she's uh, done the charity work with Akon. <laughs> um, she was on We Are the World 25 for Haiti. That's um, Look, another good cause. She promoted the uh, Get Schooled National Challenge and Tour, which was a program aimed at increasing... High school and college graduation rates, um, promoting the importance of education, worthy cause. Contributed in the fight against AIDS by uh, posing in a retail clothing company, H&M, celebrity-driven collection uh, of fashion against AIDS, another worthy cause. Um, Contributed to the uh, It Gets Better project, a project which aims to prevent suicide amongst uh, LGBT youth. Um, also obviously worthy cause, ambassador for MTV Staying Alive, a foundation which raises awareness and prevention of AIDS and HIV. Um, in 2011, she lent her support to US First Lady Michelle Obama's Let's Move campaign, aimed to combat childhood obesity. She visited Africa, you know, stopped by an orphanage to visit her young fans who'd lost their families during uh, the 2010-2011 um, Ivarian crisis. Um, in 2012, she worked with do something.org to encourage young people to take part um, in the epic book drive by bringing books to local people in need. Um, And in the press release, she stated, joining Doing Something's newest effort to provide people in need uh, for epic book drive was the easiest decision she's ever made. Um, And, of course, she's an active opponent of 5G wireless technology, claiming it causes the coronavirus pandemic. So, Mm. somewhere (laughs) along the the way... (laughs) She's, she's gone crazy she's lost her mind because she's supported um, AIDS prevention yeah, you know education all of these things a lot of great stuff and then all of a sudden perfect. one day just jumped on the old yeah, that 5G causes coronavirus
2: so I don't know it's also kind of interested she must be she must have some sort of you know external to music career to have the money for all this stuff yeah yep Unless she married, you know, Timberland or something.
0: Yeah, maybe she's maybe she's just the face of all these ventures, and she's getting money donated to her for sure, charity. So yeah, all but... worthy causes. So, um, but yeah, look, um, do we do we need to do a Joe Rogan <laughs> style um, Deep Five five into... G. Do we need to? Do you have to say that on podcasts these days. 5G does not <laughs> cause the coronavirus, just in I case think people... I it's, are... it's more if we were actively
2: selling to toothpaste, cure. which we were claiming that cured <laughs> cure coronavirus. And That's the problem. Advising people not to take, you know, life, you know, telling people, you don't need insulin for
0: diabetes, go and drink fucking bleach and uh, with yeah.
2: hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin mixed into it that'll do the job
0: um, did you know that Genuine Pony cures coronavirus you just it listen would not to that. surprise you just me. blast that and yeah. you're good to go so um, look so look 11 mil for Timberland 3 mil for Kerry Hilson she's still got fans despite being insane and this sells for 57 cents on Discogs what about Great. the lyrics um, usually, this whole song is not bragging
2: about cars, money, or poontang, uh, which makes it kind of interesting to me, at least. The extra rap verses here are from DOE and from Timberland's brother, Sebastian. Ooh! Yeah, that's Family one of the guys effect. in the video. Yeah, he, in, in the video is a different version to the radio version. There's an extra verse from his brother as well. Personally, I prefer Sebastian's contribution yeah, my money ain't aloof like Phil and them, and it's really not quite low as LSN. Your body ain't Pamela Anderson. <laughs> it's a struggle just to get you in the caravan. But listen, <laughs> baby girl, before I let you lose a pound, I'll buy a bigger car. I love you just the way you are, the way you are. Great. Now call me crazy, Ben, but I think this may be my favourite hip hop track that features the lead singer's brother negging a chick so he can get her to take a caravanning holiday with yeah, him. Yes, I think so. <laughs> It is probably the best. <laughs>
0: Yo, can I be on this track? Yeah, what do you got to say? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna rhyme
2: Pamela Anderson with
0: caravan. <laughs> Lock <laughs> that in. <laughs>
2: that's Before good. you let you lose a pound. I'll buy a bigger car. I like that. Comes around at the end and brings it back. You know. Oh, it's good. I'm glad that Timberland's giving his brother a go. I'm, so. I don't care that you're making the tow ball
0: drag on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's nice to keep the family involved. We've seen that with um, Donald Trump giving his kids a chance in you know, yeah. federal politics. Some call so. it nepotism.
2: Yeah, some call it Other nepotism. Other people but call it uh, giving, getting the retarded into the workplace.
0: Yeah, look, I think um, it is very nice that Timberland is... I mean, there's less can go wrong when you get your brother to do a rap <laughs> on a hip-hop track rather than put your son in charge of you know, international diplomacy mm, or something like that. But I've got a brother and I'm not sure about that, actually. <laughs> what, you reckon? Oh, got,
2: no, yes, less can go boring. Wrong on a rap track compared to international diplomacy. Yes, I thought you were going to say less than Kyo wrong getting your brother to do it than someone else. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Uh, All right, well, speaking of um, inter family relationships, who have we got (laughs)
0: next? Uh, The Veronica's Tom with Hook Me Up one One week.
2: week. Once again, the Australian gets one week in between the international acts getting 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 it nine weeks. Now,
0: is it fair to say, Tom? that at times during the Veronica's career, and maybe all the time, it's been insinuated that the two of them are in an incestuous lesbian relationship. (laughs) Music video for this single case in point. Yes, I have mentioned this quite a few times previously as well, I think.
2: Look, I'll say this for being in an incestuous relationship with your identical twin bin. It would save a great deal of effort... Yeah. I mean imagine if you could solve every single relationship dilemma, big or small, physical or mental, by thinking, what would I want to happen? Yeah. And then just doing whatever that is. Yeah, that's know? true. Sure, Christmas dinner might get a bit awkward, but you're gonna fight with your pro fascist auntie anyway, so it might as well be about macking down on your sister, I suppose. Yeah, that's true, as exactly. opposed to, you know, Scott Morrison's latest election campaign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see you watch this music video in for video, a penny in for a penny in for a penny yeah. you watch this music video and you watch some of their other music videos and some of the the, the way that they sort of are looking at each other, oh, and 100%. the hands on each yeah. other. Even tattoo wouldn't go anywhere near that sort of shit. It yeah. sort of has this sort of. You well, know, album weren't related no. <laughs> to each other. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But, but you know, like even tattoo, would be like that's a bit too much for us, yes. and we're not related. But no. you know, sort of even the 100%. album covers, like a bit of hand on the ass, and sort of yeah. it just seems like. It's absolutely I'm not sure. the whole thing is
2: just it's pure twin fetishism. Yeah, it's that it's weird bizarre. kinky fetish where people
0: want to have well, a it can't three ways. Um this is not very good. But uh, look, what do you prefer though, Tom? Do you prefer the sisters' work in the Veronicas or do you prefer their work as Sapphire and Emerald Buxton <laughs> in the Australian children's television series Cybergirl? I don't think I ever saw Cybergirl. Oh the Veronicas are in it.
2: <laughs> okay <so. laughs> Hey look, I tell you what, you can't go wrong. Being identical twins in Hollywood, there'll yep. always be work for that. Do you remember those two? Those two sort of chubby, middle-aged, red-headed guys in America? They were in so many films just oh. because pre-CGI, like identical <laughs> twins, were in short supply. They don't yeah. They're not particularly good actors. That they're, they're in. Uh, it's the guy in Terminator Two who gets the uh, spike yeah, yeah, yeah. through his head in front of the coffee machine. Yeah. But they would show up all the time, just you know, doing the the mirror routine with each other and now stuff now it's like we need twins it's like yeah, cool. no we don't we just need one guy and we can just So imagine how right in demand in. they were but imagine if people wanted to see them have sex with each other as well you know I mean very true
0: yeah no <laughs> wonder
2: they're in Cyber Girl
0: yeah look, everything I've, I've always found Veronica Veronica's kind of weird and I've never really quite got it <laughs> I don't really know what's going on with it um, but look they're named after Veronica Sawyer, Winona Ryder's character in the film *Heathers*, which is probably the coolest thing about them. So, yeah, that's a great film. Man, I that movie is a Gen X classic. I think yep. it's not something the
2: subsequent generations are going to pick up in a hurry. I no, don't think. well, didn't they remake it? Like they remade it, it or but shit? only by completely changing everything about it. Oh, great. And unsurprisingly, it was a fucking disaster. Was Christian Slater in it? No. Oh, fuck. No. It sucks, then, yep. I think also part of the reason no one's going to rush out to... Um, bring this back into the charts movie-wise no, no. is that it turns youth suicide into a punchline. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that Gen Z would be down with that. Yes. I like to imagine that it exists in the same universe as Pump Up the Volume and Gleaming the Cube. Oh, fuck yeah. A.K.A. the Slater Slater Teenage Masturbator Trilogy. Yes. That's what I like to call it. Uh, what's your favourite Heather's line bit? You got any favourites?
0: <laughs> I've got a lot of... Um... <laughs> From from uh, the other films that you mentioned, oh okay, Gleaming the Cube. Um, oh, what's
2: from Gleaming the Cube?
0: Oh, look, um, he he's uh, the the thing about Gleaming the Cube is it's it's most of the talking's done on the skateboard, Tom. Oh, so, okay, because he's obviously Christian Slater's doing a lot of skateboard that's action, true. but um, or Rodney Mullen and Tony Hawk. Yeah, fact. yeah, but Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. But um, the cop, Tom, the cop. That arrests Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Him and his skateboarding mates. They're skateboarding in. They they they've got a. If you've seen the film, I have, but it. I can't remember it. the
2: plot. All so the start of the, the film.
0: Skating. Start of the film. Christian Slater uh, goes to a local airport. They they live in California somewhere. Him and his mates give the the pilot like fifty bucks or something like that and says take us up, fly us around so they're going around in like a low aircraft oh, yeah. looking for empty swimming pools Empty swimming pools. Yeah. So, so they can go in there and, and hit the half pipe <laughs> so they find an empty swimming pool they get dropped down which I, I don't know how you can't just land a plane on a fucking <laughs> suburban street so I'm not sure how that works so they go in there, they're skateboarding in the pool one of them has an accident the cop shows up and arrests Christian Slater and Christian Slater says to him Tom, you ready for this? If I had a dog with a face like yours, I'd shave its ass and teach him to walk backwards. And as an eight-year-old, oh. I laughed and laughed and laughed and found that to be fantastic. So That's pretty that's, great. Uh, but the film's great, though. It's, it's Well, it's one of those films that I loved as a kid because, it, you know, people skateboarding and it had Christian oh, Slater in yeah. it and it was super fun, but... Um, I haven't watched it for some time I'm a little bit scared (laughs) about doing it sometimes you watch those things pump
2: up the volume I remember loving that I had a huge crush on IOT Sky and it's got a rad soundtrack it's like well ahead of it's time that soundtrack but I have a suspicion that it might be you know I watched it when I was like the age of like the you know there's because he's like that DJ, and this, you know the, the troubled teens called him in the middle of the night, yep. and they could shit their parents. So don't understand. And I was like the age of those teens, and I remember liking it back then. But I'm starting to wonder what, uh, how legitimate their problems might actually be. <laughs> Think about, about as legitimate as mine were, eg, not fucking very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, my favourite three lines from Heather's are, whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. Mm. Uh, I love my dead gay son, and of course, fuck me gently with a chainsaw, which was actually supposed to be a Shannon Doherty line, but she was 17 at the time, and so her mum was on set the whole time, and she went, "Nah, she's not fucking saying that. Oh, <laughs> so they no. gave it to the horrible bitch. Jesus <laughs> the one who later gets
0: killed by drinking yeah. drainer.
2: <laughs> now,
0: through a plate glass table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In 2007, the, so around the time of their single, the Veronica's designed a fashion line for Target in Australia mm-hmm. here, Tom. The line was described by the Veronica's as, quote, punk princess <laughs> mixed with rock and roll, uh, which is exactly how I describe my <laughs> fashion line. Um, what in the living fuck does that mean? Punk princess <laughs> mixed with rock and roll. I am surprised they didn't get sued by Avril Lavigne because I
2: think punk princess sponsored by Target is tattooed over her bum crack. Yeah, definitely. Next to a
0: copyright... Twenty seventeen, punk princess mixed with rock and roll does feel very Avril. So I'm not sure what the Veronica's are trying. Were the the Veronica's even punk at any time? What the fuck were they doing? I don't even know. It's always hazy what they were
2: supposed to be aimed at. Their first album was sort of um, pencil case punk,
0: like Uh, pop punk type. This one they tried to get a bit more electro. I think, yeah, Yeah. yeah. For sure. Look, um, in 2005, uh, Archie Comics filed a lawsuit against the Veronica's <laughs> for apparent trademark infringement. Currently, Archie Comics claimed that the sisters had named themselves after the comic book character Veronica Lodge. It's and demanded that unusual a name. It's, it's insane, exactly. And they demanded $200 million in damages. Not sure how the fuck they calculated <laughs> that figure. Um, a settlement was reached between both parties, and that settlement, Tom... Was cross promotion, of course, with the <laughs> Veronicas going on to appear in a multiple uh, story arc of Archie comic issues. Um, is that standard resolution for a lawsuit these days? <laughs> we'll drop the lawsuit, but on the condition you appear in one of our comic books. So it just seems completely bizarre. You know what? Like, after covering 24 years of number one
2: hits, I think that might be the best lawsuit resolution oh, I've heard of so, so yeah. far. The Definitely. Veronicas are currently touring Australia with a tour called Godzilla vs Human. Jesus so perhaps so they're hoping to get sued and then appear in this month's latest <laughs> reboot of the beloved
0: Godzilla movie franchise that nobody goes to watch because it's dumb as shit. Yeah, that's a good idea. I might just call my band Spider-Man three that's and then right. just but, oh, we're gonna get sued here's a resolution, you have to be Spider-Man. It's oh fucking hell. I can't this weekend. I've got stuff The on.
2: one that I was that I found most amazing was that um, Aqua got away with Barbie Girl oh yeah, because Mattel tried to sue them and that is not a common name no. people are not called Barbie also they're talking about fucking Barbie in the song yep. that's who they're talking about it's not just like oh we like that name and we're borrowing it you know
0: and somehow they fucking got away with these it these lawsuits seem weird the fact that Aqua can get away with Barbie Girl and I, look I think they should I, that's the, I have problems with this where it's like I'm a popular brand, and it's like, well, someone just wants to use the name of that theme yeah, in the song. You're I'm not part trying of to culture, sell your, you you know, Exactly, you yeah. are part of culture. So, you know, Barbie girl, them getting away with it, great. But yeah, then for the Veronicas to get sued because of a character, comic just seems insane. Called
2: Veronica. I mean, yep. Veronica's not that weird of a yeah, fucking name. Like um, you said, that there's, you know, there's a Veronica in another film.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. I thought there. it
2: might have had something to see. Isn't there Veronica in the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory?
0: Uh, it's Veruca Veruca sorry but Veruca, then um, so. there was that band though there's a know? band called Veruca Salt yeah. <laughs> yeah so why didn't they get sued by Raul Dahl the old Dahlster he was in the ground I guess maybe but, he was know. a big fan of Cedar. he probably I'm sure he was, Roald Dull. He loved that grunge Not music. Not enough song about vaginas, he oh, said to himself. Speaking of grunge, um, Jessica, one half of the Veronica's, dated Billy Corgan for a few years. Yeah. That seems weird as hell. Can you imagine that? One half of the Veronica's and Billy Corgan just hanging out? Despite on a There's quite an age steel, difference there, there, too. Yeah. Maybe so, they broke up with him because
2: you know, he should be more along the lines of uh, fucking... What's her name?
0: (laughs) The other one. Keita
2: Wilson. (laughs) Yeah. Kerry Hilson, the pro 5G anti 5G thing. He'd be well onto her team by these days.
0: Look, I guess I should speak uh, about the song really briefly. So, Hook Me Up, Tom. Samples, Elements of, Wait for It, Tainted Love by Softsell uh, yes, again um, if Veronica can do it I guess so can we said the Veronicas but this <laughs> is like a year apart and it's kind of it's not as obvious
2: though I didn't if you hadn't told me that I wouldn't have picked that up I don't reckon. yeah
0: it's definitely in there but um, you're right yeah it's yeah. certainly not I think it's I don't know whether it's I what I read was sampled but I don't know whether it's sampled and just a, a a slight you know reusing and adjusting it yeah the I mean
2: it could be under it would like with the mix but
0: yeah yeah so look as you said they ditched the pop-punk Avril Lavigne knockoff of their first album have gone electronic on this one enough people were feeling this in 2007 to get the song to number one but look it sounds a little bit shitty today I think the production's not great the follow-up single Untouched hit number two on the charts followed mm. by This Love which reached number 10 and unfortunately wasn't a Pantera cover which was disappointing yes but who knows what they would have done to that (laughs) yeah butchered it
2: yeah this album was about as big as they've been to date and probably ever will be let's be honest unless Godzilla vs. Human leads to a Matthew Broderick revival or something I hope so Um, after this song was an Australian number 1 as you said the next single Untouched was the first single to be released in the US Ah. uh, Canada, Europe and New Zealand and that song was number 2 here as you said But it also became their first single to hit the Billboard Hot 100, debuting at 62 and eventually peaking at 17, making their first top 20 hit in the United States, brackets probably, and forever. Yeah. Not bad, though, really. 17 in the US is pretty good for a band on their second album. They became the first Australian artist ever to have a single certified platinum in the US as well with over a million paid downloads. Wow. Now, I know we talked about this. Paid downloads, not quite the same thing as walking to Brashes in the Quadrant nah. and paying five bucks over the counter for a single. But it is still money. That's not a million YouTube views or fucking mobile tone ringtones. So right. people have gone, I want that song and bought it. That yeah, so, you know, hats off for that. Yeah. It's like a bloody, you know... Uh, Chicka Cherry Cola, Savage Garden. Oh, you, know, true. You, you may not like their music, but you can't argue with just people from Adelaide getting to number 17. Look, I don't hate this as much as you do. I feel like it flirts with trying something a bit more interesting than the average Avril Levine song. Yeah. There's a few interesting production flourishes in the chorus, for instance. I feel like somewhere out there in an alternative universe, the Veronica's hooked up with the perfect producer and became neo-industrial punk superstars or at least the non-Russian tattoo
0: of incestuous scissoring. <laughs> it's true. I reckon it could have happened. Are the Veronicas the Scissor Sisters? Is that <laughs> where the name came from? I have to ask them.
2: They certainly got... Did you see them on the, the Arias a little while ago where they appeared topless and no. everyone was going on about how brave it was or whatever? Uh, yeah. It was quite a good look. But, um, you know, I am pervy, but they weren't actually topless. It was some sort of plastic thing. Ah, But... If you ask people what song did they sing while they were doing that, I doubt
0: many people would know. No one, be able no to one knows any of their songs, yeah, <laughs> But this was obviously a huge, Tom, as you said, on an international scale with them selling over a million downloads in America and to show just how big it was. I know that was, was the, next oh, one, the next one, that so. was the Untouch. Aha, uh-huh, okay. But look, just this song, though, just showing how yep. big it was on an international scale. The Veronicas performed this live on Australia's Funniest <laughs> Home Video Show. Um, when did they manage to squeeze in live bands? Fuck <laughs>
2: that must have been the end where YouTube was nudging up close and nipping yeah. at their heels. No, it's like, like going, so what's the show what again? God. It's
0: people sending in videos of someone falling in no, the no, water. No, 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 it's Tony like...
2: Pier and making wacky puns, <laughs> wearing a polka dot dress shaped like a Big M carton or something.
0: Yeah, no need to tune in when you can just get that for free on the internet. So yeah, they must have pivoted into live music and the Veronica's performed this. So That's how, how awesome. are
2: they doing these days on your Spotify Remember, Delta's two, 800 grand. Two mil. See? There you go. More, I mean, they, they achieved, even albeit briefly, they achieved yeah. an international success that Delta never quite meant.
0: And, Tom, new world record for us. Um, this CD single on Discogs will cost you $9.22. Fucking hell. That would be more than it cost. Exactly. At the time. So, wow. if you bought Fuck, a Fuck, they really mustn't have had up, much faith in this book. <laughs> should, I should have bought a thousand, times back in 2007 got this even further up the charts and this is I'm like their second CD I'm,
2: I'm thinking maybe their first album didn't do as well as they hoped yep they were like okay we'll do another album but you know we're not going to go to a huge effort this video looks like it cost about 20 bucks and was filmed at Riverside High School yep they've released this single but only in Australia but it's done a bit better than they've thought. Then they've gone, all right, well, maybe we'll do an international release for the next song. Yeah. You know, this has done better than I thought. So maybe they only did, you know, a handful of these. They but, might not have made many, yeah. But no. still, that yeah, that's the most expensive one we've ever had on... Yeah, please. Exactly. Well, so also, two million. That, for an Australian artist, two million overseas listens is not bad.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what are the lyrics to this?
2: Uh, written by the Veronicas, whose real names are Jessica... Aurigliasso and Lisa Aurigliasso, probably pronouncing that wrong, with Shelley Piken and Greg Wells and produced by our mate Toby Gadd, last oh, yeah. heard on Fergie's Big Girls Don't Cry, she bracket, is... personal, in bracket. <laughs> Appropriately, it sounds like it was written by three different authors. Uh, I'm tired of my life. I feel so in between. I'm sick of all my friends. Girls can be so mean. I feel like throwing out everything I wear, starting over new, because I'm not even there. That's like one author. Yeah. Next author comes in, sometimes I want to get away someplace, but I don't want to stay too long. Sometimes I want a brand new day, try to fit in where I don't belong. That's another person because it contradicts the last thing that they said. Then a different person writes the chorus, hook me up, hook me up. I want to feel the rain in my hair. Where should we go? I don't even care. Anywhere is good enough. Mm. And it's got some weird, they, it's just got some weird notes that they do in that bit. I don't know. Anyway it's not great
0: but it's better than uh, most of the other stuff yeah this, it's, this it's, I so. don't think this is
2: any worse than if, if you gave this song the production values that that Avril Lavigne song did I reckon you'd come up with something as good as that Avril Lavigne song which is not a high bar.
0: <laughs> no no but you know absolutely um, music video they're in like a boarding school or some shit as well I think like it's like a yeah, it's up.
2: like a fucking seven years too late knockoff of oops I did it again where <laughs> yeah, no no exactly. oops I did it again what's the first one What's the first one? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, but check this out for a metaphor, Ben. It's like the school is like imposing a sort of regimented, you know, uniform, if you will, appearance, you know, there's one yeah. area where only boys are allowed to go and one uh, area where only okay. girls are yep. allowed to go. But those Veronicas, they don't play by the rules, Ben. Well,
0: they don't. I mean, <laughs> I've described them as punk princesses mixed with <laughs> rock and roll, so I guess that's True. sort of where they're at. Well, Target probably. definitely supplied the fashion for that yeah, video. no, no doubt. Um, all right, up next, we're sticking with Australians. Uh. For another one week. For another one week. Uh, the queen is she the queen of pop? I don't know. The, the princesses. <laughs> She's of certainly pop? the queen of queens by this stage. Yeah, Kylie Minogue, Two Hearts.
2: Ah uh, yes, yes. Um,
0: I thought this was a, a Phil Collins cover. I was going to so that together. Blazely uh, sure. You were no. Oh no! <laughs> How could you not though? Um, so Kylie. From what I recall, mm. she tried the whole live instruments band thing with Impossible Princess.
1: Yeah. And it went
0: down about as well as Scott Morrison performing with a ukulele in an inner city <laughs> Melbourne pub, but... Yeah, look, she might have
2: just gotten bored of disco, being. yeah, yep. Hard to believe, but it's a tragic condition that can affect us heterosexuals. Yeah, that's
1: true. Especially
2: yeah. after three albums of the same neo-disco stuff. Like, I mean, she, as we've discussed, she had some absolute bangers off those three, but... They could effectively be the same long album. <laughs> oh yeah, like exactly. You
0: could yep. sell those as a three-hour disco mix. Those fucking. Well, albums. I think those albums were dropping almost every year because she. Yes. We'd talk about a song, and then the next year yeah. we'd talk about another number one song that would be yeah. off a different album. Since, and then the, next year. since the millennium turnover, she's done nothing but disco yep. for
2: like six fucking years. Yeah. And so I reckon she was probably thinking, "Well,
0: let's do something else." So yeah, yeah. she's ditched electronic sound. Um, as we've said, this one she's Not- got. Not totally, no, but no, no, no. compared to the yeah. last But there's a three lot albums. there's a quote live band yes. on this one. There's a yeah. guitar, piano, drums. There's um, more live
2: band than there is in that fucking Fergie song, yeah, which exactly. features a live
0: band in the video. Yeah. This is like Kylie fronting a sort of Band, yes, thing, yeah, yeah. Kind of. She's singing on top of a piano exactly. in the video. There's there's someone actually playing it. And she stuff. tried it post grunge in '95, and she you know, <laughs> she put she put it on ice for, for a decade, and she's back yeah. doing it. So impossible princess. People don't really didn't really like that one. I don't think so, me. That oh, was yeah. the one awesome cool. song of that, that. That was great. Yep. Yeah, I love that one. Um, look, th- there's a lot of people that write in and complain that we we don't really talk enough about the songs. Uh, You know, in terms of the composition, I sort of hear about that a lot. So, look, um, (laughs) yeah, I thought I'd rectify that because it's just complaints about that. So, um, in the verses, the song um, does the chord progression um, A minor, D to G, and then in the chorus, um, it it does F to D minor 7. Then to A minor and, and then to C. So we don't usually talk about that stuff um as it's it's fucking boring to so <laughs> no one so stop writing in because no one cares about that stuff at all. It's fucking stupid. So
2: Well I hope not, because they're certainly not getting it from me. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So this, this is written Oh sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was no, just no. gonna say this is obviously a Phil Collins cover. <laughs> we all know the song Two Hearts Living in Just One. It's not, is it? It's That's not, not a not Phil Collins. A
0: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, just going to have to give yeah. up on that joke. It's never going to fly. <laughs> so this was actually written and recorded by UK band Kish Move um, mm. in 2005. So it's only a couple of years old. And then yes, Kylie never heard of decided to cover and release it as the first single off her album, X. X. The original
2: version, I had a listen. Did you ever listen? It's mm.
0: yep. pretty good fun, yeah. I
2: thought. It's That's a what... sort of stripped back Piano Electro Jaunt. It sounds a bit like the Scissors Sisters with the BPM Mm. turned down about 50%, which in turn sounds a bit like Can't Get You Out of My Head, which is probably, I'm thinking, why Kylie picked it, why she just thought, oh, I can do this with my voice, you know? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have the biggest range in the world, but she probably thought, well, this is... It's not too far from what I've just been doing, but it's got more instrumentation in it you know it's a bit more interesting and then she could have
0: went two directions she could have made it dancier yes, exactly. or dialed
2: it back and yeah, she went the direction yeah you could have direction. sped this up and yep. get pretty much the same song
0: so yeah definitely um, Two Hearts was used in promotional advertisements for the sitcom Cougar Town <laughs> Tom starring Courtney Cox which I think will ultimately be considered the better show than Friends long term so,
2: did, did you ever watch that show?
0: Um, I saw uh, an ad for it <laughs> once but I've not didn't watch it did you see it
2: much like Friends the first season or two was really promising yep and then everyone got plastic surgery and it went rapidly over a cliff uh, also known as the Jennifer Grey effect uh, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I felt a bit bad for it because like the first few seasons, nobody watched because of the stupid fucking name yep. and premise of it, when it really wasn't about that at all. It was just the kind of quite a funny sitcom about a mum, a single mum, you know, yeah. trying to start again. And her son, and the, the people around, it's got Busy Phillips in it and her ex-husband who hangs around. And then by the time people started to get into it, then it had all become a bit, um, it had, you know, it had gone a bit face,
0: a bit Courtney face. A bit too Courtney face, yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, so this is unfortunately Kylie's last number one in Australia, Tom, for now. Who knows? She might release something in t- 2022 and get another hit. Because, you know, Kylie's always reinventing herself, so there's still time. Um, yeah, but do you have a favourite Kylie song for all the hits that she's had over the years? Is there one you, if you had to yeah. choose one, is well, there one you'd like I'm to I know we both to?
2: like Confide in Me. Yep. That's a real standout, especially just out of nowhere.
0: Yep. great music video as well yes
2: yeah it's not this one that's true I I think to be a bit obscure I'd vote for the Soul Wax Kylas remix of Can't Get You Out Of My Head Mm. not the other there's two Soul Wax remixes not the other one it has to be the Kylas remix okay (laughs) good where can I hear that Tom (laughs) on YouTube it's on YouTube you just have to because there's two of them and one of them's not as good that's all
0: yeah, well, Tom, I, I guess if I had to choose one as well, um, I'm going to choose one that, that wasn't a number one hit. So I've actually gone ahead and um, asked you what your favourite um, number one is and then I've just um, I, I've set parameters on what your sure. response should be and then I've just knocked those <laughs> parameters down for my own response, which is it was quite unfair on you, so I apologise. <laughs> but... Um, I'd say a 1991 single, I guess I'd like it like that, um, where she samples uh, Too Unlimited, Get Ready For This. Oh, yes. Certainly a deep cut from the Kylie discography, but the combination of her voice with the power of Too Unlimited gets me pumped up, so Man it's pretty good. Man,
2: fucking oath. God bless you, Ben, because I had never heard that song before. Yep. I think I was just getting it... I think you referred to it, but I think I was getting it confused with the line in Spinning Around where she says, I guess I like it like that. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which may a, yep. possibly be a reference to her past. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, apparently she was going through like a club phase at this time. I think she'd gone <laughs> to the UK and discovered pingers or something. <laughs> yeah. Because fucking hell, that is a stone cold fucking 91 club banger. Yep, It makes me want to drop three pink Mitsubishis with Guru Josh and talk about <laughs> vests until they kick us out of Regine's. <laughs> uh, for the record, um, it also samples I Like It Like That by Salt and Pepper and mm-hmm. Freestyle Orchestra featuring Deborah, Keep On Pumping It Up, extended mix. <laughs> uh, supposedly, it was produced and co written by Stock and Waterman, but it's not a total pile of shit, so clearly, what has happened was that 2 Unlimited snuck into the studio the night before release. Uh, unplugged the Nintendo ROB that Stock Ake and Waterman used to work the mixing desk and turned it into this banger when no one was noticing.
0: Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, I think the only thing that can explain that song is, yeah, you're right, Kylie was obviously really into I, dance music. I can't
2: believe time. I hadn't heard
0: that um, more, that yeah. song.
2: That that belongs up on the podium with, like, early KLF and
0: shit like that. It's fucking rad. It's pretty good. And I think um, the reason it sounds better, because Stock Ake and Waterman, however they wrote their songs, it was obviously just... Using the shittiest material, like instruments they yeah. had, which is why it sounded so thin. But because this song, I think, is almost completely sample based, at least for the most yes. part, then yeah. it's actually drawing off better produced samples. Yeah, um, and then they've just got some dance beats, which are just yeah. The and bass also, up dance beats
2: it. have a different. The genre has different requirements than like pop.
0: Yeah, yes, you know,
2: it doesn't. It can things can be repetitive. It's part of the part of the style
0: you know yeah Yeah. but yeah good one so um, also there's a live video
2: of her doing that song in 91 which is fucking great she looks like she's having an absolute
0: blast it is good So yeah. hopefully that gets uh, Re-released um, Oh man so It should She should be doing that In concert I think so So 7 mil for Kylie $1.44 for this um, okay. And what are the lyrics That we know Kylie Didn't write or Well yeah
2: Like a lot of Electro stuff From this era The Move original Is mostly just a machine For delivering a beat And repetitions Of a sort of Quasi-hypnotic chorus In this case... Two hearts are beating together... I'm in love... Woo... I'm in love... Woo... Mm. Is this forever and ever... I'm in love... Woo... I'm in love... Woo... Two hearts are beating together... I'm in love... Woo... I'm in love... Woo... (laughs) Is this forever and ever... I'm in love... Woo... I'm in love... Woo... The problem is that Kylie that the Kylie version moves further away from the Electro and more into pop rock territory and judged by the conventions of that genre even Phil Collins and the Veronicas would be saying hey maybe this is a bit shallow lyrics wise <laughs> any chance we could flesh out the verses a tad or at least take out a few dozen of the I'm in love woo lines yeah but
0: yeah. Oh, but look you don't want to take advice from the Veronicas otherwise no. and there's only would...
2: one Phil Collins
0: as well oh yeah. definitely I mean if she'd taken the Veronica's advice she'd probably be finger slang Danny Minogue in the music video, so I don't really know. Sure, there's a market for that, but yeah. it's not really what you want to hang your career on. No, is it? it's not really at all. So. Um, yeah, good, alright. Moving on. This is the last number one of the year. Another
2: giant fucking
0: for eight weeks, two six, months, six weeks this year. Sorry, yep, six weeks, two thousand seven. Two more the next year. It's Timberland back again, and this time he's teamed up with uh, One Republic <laughs> for some weak ass bullshit. <laughs> <Christ> Apologise. <laughs> so this, I swear to God, this, this year too
2: late, the quality jazz.
0: of the songs is Spooky in direct inverse
2: proportion to the amount of time that they. Good were at song the top. gets
0: number one for one week. Dog Terrible shit, songs eight go weeks, forever. So two
2: months of this. You know,
0: look, this sucks, shit. Um, look, to be fair to Timberland, he didn't write any of this. Um, no. So look, a hit is a hit, and what Timberlay, Timberland, sorry, has done is basically he's heard the One Republic song. Because mm. what happens is, for those that don't know the One Republic story, and who the fuck would, <laughs> um, is that this was a big hit on MySpace. Oh, okay. So my, so they uh, One Republic uploaded this onto MySpace, was massive. Timberland heard this and just went, oh. Okay, this is the big this was the mm. biggest song on, on MySpace at the time, so he thought I'll just take that song, <laughs> I'll add a new beat to it, I think he speeds it up slightly and then just does a few hee hee hoo hee hey, from time to yeah. time, and then he releases it as Timberland featuring One Republic. Yes. He gets the number one hit off all of their yeah. work. So He's it done... comes out on his album yep. first, yep. then they get to use it on their yep. first album, which comes out. This after is basically that. just this, this should just be called One Republic and Timberland, yeah. Timberland just releasing it on yeah. his record. It's barely even featured because all it really does is production. It does yeah. have a new beat on it, that's about it. I mean, so. that,
2: that is literally all he does in the song. Okay? Performance-wise is go, hey, 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 as yeah. you said. It's frankly bullshit to put your name before the artist on this one. Oh, it and should be One Republic. a co-writer credit as yeah. well. <laughs> even sure. Lil Wayne would have at least thrown in a couple of, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You know, this is um, Timberland's almost stolen this. This is almost uh, yes. Lou Bega um, Scatman versus the Hat Man, where it, Lou Bega just stole Scatman John's song. That's now that he's right. in the ground and he can't say, "I don't want I you mean, to do that."
2: On the other hand, I guess he did sort of resurrect their entire career yeah.
0: and somehow turn this tepid problem into a number one. So <laughs> that's true, you know. Because what type of music is One Republic, Tom, apart from boring? Uh, well, look, uh, this is me. a quote from uh, from the One Republic person themselves. Quote, we're no respecter of genre. If it's a good song or a good artist, whether rock, pop, indie or hip-hop, they've probably influenced us on some level. Nothing new under the sun. We're a sum of a bunch of parts. You might notice from that quote that that is...
2: Almost scientifically calculated to be the dullest answer possible. Yeah, exactly. As indeed
0: the name One Republic is
2: almost calculated to be as dull as the what name you, of a
0: band. What, you, what influences you? Oh, pop and rock and hip-hop and jazz just, and art. There's all nothing stuff. new under the sun. Yep. It's all just stuff that's already come out. We're but just... Tom, specific artists who One Republic have cited include Mozart, <laughs> The Beatles, U2... M83 and Prince. Now, this doesn't sound like any of those. Do you listen to no. this and think, oh, it's like a U2 and Mozart mashup?
2: No, I listen to that quote and I think, hmm, this sounds like space aliens have taken over some not especially convincing human bodies, masquerading as a rock band for reasons only known unto themselves, and have just Googled popular human band got the top five examples in yep they're our influences it's like, what do you actually sound like we sound like we took every song off fucking boring ass AOR radio and merged it into one porridge mass and, you know yeah. the it's, median song that's what this song is like it's like the perfect average nothing between all other songs
0: like I mean it's one of those things where it's just like look they've, they've called out Mozart a lot of people don't call out <laughs> Mozart so you sort of like go well, at least they're calling it someone different, but this has, this, like, there's no relationship. No. <laughs> like, it's, sometimes I've heard um, sort of like avant garde or progressive death metal bands like <laughs> call out Mozart, and you go, oh, I don't know about that. But then you think about it and go, well, they're trying to, they're doing something yeah. that's. Technically unusual or going in a new territory so maybe Mozart not in terms of the you know the, the down tuned guitar the thousand yes. notes per minute they're doing but in terms of the trying to do something new and outside of the box yeah, aspect at least you go okay I can see that but Mozart and this um, even yeah. the Beatles and this or you like even U2 bland as shit U2 I'm sort of like going Ugh. and um, Prince Prince as well I'm just yeah, like yeah, M83 they're the only and Northern, even that it's like that
2: doesn't no, say, that, it doesn't does it say anything like that. I think they were just popular at the time. Yeah, probably, yeah. That came to the top of the aliens school. Yeah. Look, Look, I would describe One Republic as the perfect band for people who cried in terror the first time they heard She Will Be Loved by Maroon Five because of its extreme edginess and society threatening attacks on the status quo. Yeah. Uh, That's a joke, but I am still haunted by the image of Adam Levine on my corner in the pouring rain. Just out there for weeks at a time, day and night, water trickling over the surface of his unblinking eyeballs as he watches (laughs) me get changed.
0: Still slightly
2: haunted by that.
0: Yeah, this is um, One Republic... To I guess Maroon Five is kind of like the the hinder to Nickelback type. Yes, and as maybe, and as it. previously noted,
2: Maroon Five were people for people who found um, Matchbox Twenty a bit edgy. And, yeah, exactly.
0: Know. So the edge keeps getting shaved off until <laughs> you end up with this. Hard <laughs> that- to find anything less edgy than this, I guess. Oh, but look, God. so this is uh, One Republic's first single. Their previous record, um, they recorded a full album. Oh. Um, which was shelved, and then they were dropped by Columbia Records just a few months. And uh, not release. shelved
2: in the sense of putting it on a shelf. That was pushed up their ass. I yeah, believe exactly. by the executives as a comment on what they felt so, about the
0: music. Columbia Records decided best not to release is doing the world a massive favour. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they uploaded this song to MySpace. People were into it, so they were giving a set. they give it a second chance. Thanks to the internet, Um, and they've been churning out boring bullshit for two decades at this point. And look, in many ways, Timberland is responsible for pushing them further than they probably needed to go, but he was just thinking about how can I get some royalties off this song I didn't write. So look, Did you just
2: watch the video for
0: this? Oh, yeah. It fits perfectly with the music.
2: There are five different versions of this music video. Have you ever heard the expression, why tinker with perfection? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it turns out, conversely, that if you're trying to build a combustion engine for decomposing roadkill chunks, then you can tinker with it as much as you like, because it's not fucking going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, one of those studio videos in the dullest, blandest possible style. They're the worst, aren't they? Well, I mean, even if this was 1982, like, even if he would blown the entire promo budget on Coke and were deep into the red on the follow-up album that didn't technically exist yet, at least you would have mustered up a weird stalker romance or some handheld backstage tour footage to intersperse with these tedious cunts twanging out whatever the fuck this is. But nah, it's just a bunch of guys in vests. Just in a studio... Not even an exciting studio, just some carpet, just twang in a
0: Yeah, the I think for me the studio video is is the absolute lowest rung it's of the videos. Yeah, occasionally. You can make it good. Um, Guns and Roses Patient style, because Slash has got a snake <laughs> in it, I think. Yeah, or and it's in black if you say The Beatles
2: and every single member of the band is overflowing with natural charisma yeah. at the prime of their life,
0: you know, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of decent in-studio... Um, but it's few and far between. So, yeah, look, I don't know. Um, The vocalist of One Republic, Ryan Tedder, was signed to Mm -hmm. a record deal and publishing contract on an MTV singing competition hosted by NSYNC's Lance Bass in 2000. So he won the competition, got a record deal. Quote, two weeks later after being on MTV, I was waiting tables, picking up chips off the floor. It turned into nothing. It was all on paper, it wasn't real, it was just a bunch of height that didn't turn into anything. Oh, so be the reality the TV concept. balloon has been popped. <laughs> But look, he dodged a bullet there because um, Lance, as we know, could have forced him <laughs> to sing that heart-to-heart song, Facebook Official. Yeah, so, I mean, or, or he could have ended that being America's Damien Leith. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but this I found this completely insane. So Ryan Tedder, who I believe wrote most of uh, yes, you know, all he gets of the One Republic songwriting, song, songwriting, song, credit, songwriting credits, he sold his entire song catalogue in 2021 for $200 million. God damn it. So look, what the fuck do I know? People seem to love, and this is something I've found out on this podcast, Yeah, the majority of people love really fucking boring shit.
2: Yeah, there is such a thing as lowest common denominator or yeah. median taste. Yeah, I mean, Christ almighty. Whoever bought that must have been high on drugs. Yeah. Oh, who are we kidding, Ben? It was Mark Zuckerberg. We both know it. <laughs> <laughs> obviously <he laughs> loves basic ass music yeah. a and identifies strongly with the concept of it being too late to apologize b having never accepted responsibility for anything in his entire adult life yeah, it yeah. probably has a
0: tattoo to this
2: it was the Zark. he's listening to that on airpods while he rides his fucking remote control surfboard around <laughs> smothered on a in a segway wouldn't he so. smothered in fucking white <laughs> pancake sunscreen as though he's trying to audition for a mime troupe <laughs> he's got some issues that dude.
0: <laughs> Um this they, they've got Timberland's got 11 million listeners we know that Raman probably's got 32 million listeners which just makes me fucking depressed yeah um, 42 cents for this there you go 2 million listeners 32 Oh,
2: uh, fuck me. 30,
0: 32 mil
2: For Ryan Tedder. Oh, yeah. my and the, and God. And the one
0: republic, so...
2: I don't have a heap of respect for way. the Veronicas, oh, but there is no way they are... 8% as good as this I would much rather listen to the Veronica's in fact I'd rather listen to Avril event. Talk me through movies, these lyrics
0: though song. Tom there must be some bangers in it <sighs> $200 million this guy <laughs> sold his song catalogue for so it must be good
2: Look when asked in an interview about the song Ryan wearing a vest over a t-shirt gave an answer that was a philosophical and as philosophical and sublime as the music itself when he was in college he had a few different girlfriends and like they sort of made him think about apologising sometimes and He also thought about it later afterwards and maybe it was also a bit about self-realisation if you think about it. So I guess it sort of generally applies to everyone and isn't really about any one specific... Wake up! (laughs) Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Sorry. some of our audience might be listening to this in a car and I don't want them to die from listening to the lead singer of One Republic. Um, incidentally he also claims that the song was a quote huge worldwide hit before Timberland released it I would like to see the receipts on that one because not even your fan edited Wikipedia pages is backing you up that one vest boy um, well it was it was big on MySpace mm, so I guess many people were listening big on MySpace sounds <laughs> like MySpace. Facebook official <laughs> to me <laughs> Honey, you didn't pay shit to listen to things on MySpace you just clicked a yeah. poorly edited gif button much like Eamon uh, with fuck you, I don't want you back. This is a dumbass teenage fantasy about the chick who dumped you, turning around and asking you out again. So you get to go, oh, it's too late now. i would take another chance, take a fall, take a shot for you. Oh, whoa, I need you like a heart needs a beat, but it's nothing new, yeah. I loved you with the fire red, now it's turning blue, and you say, sorry, like the angel, heaven let me think was you, but I'm afraid it's too late to apologise. Now, astute listeners, e.g., the opposite end of the demographic spectrum to one Republic listeners, might notice that in the space of six lines, he's directly contradicted his own facile teenage fantasy. But of course, if you were listening that closely, you'd already be nodding off and driving your car off a bridge. So, I hope you weren't doing that. Makes me long for the days
0: of Hinder, Tom. I know. Oh my God, so this year was this year we were shitting on shitting on Hinder just an hour or two ago. Um, and yes. It turns out that things are get a lot worse. <laughs> Um, Some of the biggest songs Not to hit number one This year Tom Um, What's that? Mika Grace Kelly Remember that? Ah yes I want to be like Grace Kelly Yeah Um, I completely forgot about Him and that song He was a one man Scissors sisters but I can see that song being used in a Just Jeans commercial in 2022 <laughs> I can sort of see that yeah like and it, that he that. had another hit too he like did, a yeah. Triple J alt
2: radio hit I can't remember
0: what it was so yeah um, not too bad like probably like um, yeah it's sort of like an off brand Scissor Sisters like mm. a one man Scissors. but so um, just by the fact that it's somewhat in that league makes it more interesting than most of the songs yes. that are performed here so um, Christina Aguilera Candyman also made Number two, I don't know if oh, you remember yeah. that
2: one. That was when she did that weird, uh, restyled herself as like a sort of retro kind of burlesque, yeah, nineteen fifties thing, <laughs> like with victory rolls and dressing yeah. like it was World War Two and shit. That was really weird, but it, it was, was a
0: catchy song. It like, was yeah. definitely um, was we'll it inspired by the film Candy Man? <laughs> I, sh- I assume it was. So, Gwen. Sure. Um, Stefani featuring Akon, The Great Escape, oh, um, and I assume that has been used in a Just commercial. <laughs> listening to it, um, Good Charlotte, Dance Floor Anthem. Mm, fuck yeah! Now this—that's uh, fucking terrible. Now <laughs> were Good Charlotte ever—and I'm using this in inverted commas, Tom—a legitimate punk band like a sort of Offspring or a Green Day, or were they always just um, fucking awful? Because. I I think I've only heard about... I know the name, obviously, the fucking Madden Brothers. I think I've only ever heard two of their songs or three of their songs and they were all woeful. So I just wondered
1: whether
0: they they used to be like, oh, we used to be cool and signed to like, you know, an underground label or something.
2: I think when I first heard them, I assumed... But I think maybe they were just... They were the nickelback of pop punk. They were nickelback to Green Day's Nirvana. Um, (laughs) Also,
0: that only reached two or three... um, Fallout Boy. Thanks for the memories. Oh, yeah. And this ain't a scene. This is an arms race. So, people were loving weak pop punk shit at this time. They were. It was was a comeback for weak punk... Because
2: pop punk had already happened in 97 yep. and now it was back again with this stuff you know. yeah like... so a
0: couple of Fall Out Boy songs good Charlotte and then in the number ones themselves we had uh, Avril Lavigne which is well real weak it's going out on '41," yep. exactly yep. right um, Fergie featuring Ludacris they did this song together <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, sure it was Ludacris and also Crystal Waters of 100% pure love fame <laughs> with a uh, Destination um, Calabria I, 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 don't I, remember couldn't, no, I couldn't remember that at all, but I had yeah. a bit of a listener today and just said, good to see Chris Waters back. <laughs> so they're all songs that, um, yeah, did make number yeah. one. Yeah, oh, and as noted, yeah, there was that might
2: be early next year, but there was Untouched by um, the Veronicas. That only got to number two here, but that was their big hit overseas. That was the one that they Fantastic. got from their two
0: million listeners. Well, some um, predominantly shit songs. <laughs> This week, big, hey, big, long periods. Of but life. I'm very excited to announce we had <laughs> no Australian Idol. No winners or runners up or any of that Axel Rose so, demands for reggae so that was unfulfilled so that was a positive so um, thank you very much for listening um, jump on the Instagram account that we have uh, yes. sunglasses at night and if you want to you hear the send music. us a message if you want to on the however you send me- just on the DM yep. us if you want to say anything um, and I think next week is Easter so we might be away for a week
2: and if you want to listen to the tracks uh, follow the YouTube link
0: indeed so do all that stuff so cool thanks for listening and we'll be back with 2008 and 2008 Tom is an Olympic year so I'm hoping (laughs) next year there'll be some sort of Olympic based (laughs) Amigos Parasempre Sempre type song in there and if not um, might just pen one of my own
2: I'm so going to look it. up the mascot and see if it's as good as Vaco from Sarajevo because I <laughs> doubt it will be can't be Vakko is a legend he is thank <laughs> you see ya